JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, let me tell you this. We love to be here. The legendary Mousetrap on Keystone is our location here. I'm assuming like 56, 54th right here in Keystone is our location for the Mousetrap. Uh, Larceny, Bourbon Locks, Luna, Azul, Tequila Shots Thursday. Week 6 of the NFL is what we are going to be talking about. By the way, we got a loaded show for you as well. Latest on the Colts from practice and you know, a couple of guys getting back into action after missing some time in practice. We'll talk about that with you coming up in Mike Chapel in the 5 o'clock hour. We've got our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots with Brent Halverson, who I will introduce once he gets everything set and ready over there. And the Hall of Famer, Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks is back on the show. You know, I mentioned this. Uh, Derek, not only a Hall of Fame linebacker, but he's also a jointly appointed appeals officer for the NFL and the NFL Players Association. We love those stories. He also has ownership in walk-ons where we're going to be with a Bud Light Blue Friday coming up tomorrow. And he joined us back in the summertime. I think back in June was the first time he was on. And NFL Hall of Famer Derek Brooks is scheduled to join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Landon's here. Devin's the onside engineer back in the studio. As usual, it is James. However, James is going to bail after today. And I think Sam is coming in for us tomorrow when we're on the road with Bud Light on a Blue Friday with tickets to give away. But what we always do on a Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Ultra Tequila Shots Thursday, week six, take our picks. We've got a lot to choose from. This is not the greatest weekend beginning tonight with matchups. When you look at it, there are, there are some fat numbers out there. There are some games that very much so look like dogs. But what we do is what we normally do. 
and we talk it up, and we make our picks. And as you can see inside the lounge via YouTube Live, that is the Win Schuler's Spreadable Cheeses Lounge, where I am holding before you right now the original cheddar. Win Schuler's Spreadable Cheeses, the spreadable cheese that not only inside the lounge via YouTube Live, but also Central Indiana enjoys for their parties, their gatherings, their get-togethers, and tailgate functions. Win Schuler's Spreadable Cheeses in a variety of flavors, including what I just showed you, the original cheddar, sharp cheddar, bacon and cheddar, pepper jack, and uh, original cheddar you can get to as well. Available right across the street at this minor location where we are on Keystone and at the local Kroger locations as well. All right, let's bring him on board here. We got a lot to talk about. I mentioned Derek Brooks going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. I'll have to run down those that are participating in practice to get you set. This is going to be... As far as big games go this weekend, Colts fans, this is one of them right here. This matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You get a couple of three and twos, get a little arm's length. Can you imagine if the Colts go down there and get some revenge on the Jaguars, move to four and two, lead the AFC South with Gardner Minshew under center? It's funny. I got to ask you this. Because this was brought up to me. My friend Greg brought this up, and I, I kind of half-assedly brought this up a couple of days ago, but didn't fully get into it. Um, I think I may have asked somebody this earlier this week. as well. Maybe it was Kevin yesterday, um, if I remember correctly. It's something I'll lob at Mike Chapel coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. But could this be viewed? Like, winning's viewed always, to me, as a good thing. Like, I, I don't really try to look at... Well, you know what? If Minshew wins, and that's going to take away a lot of the luster and the love for Anthony Richardson, he's still going to be the guy whenever the guy is able to play again. That's just not right now, and assuredly not for the next four weeks, and more than likely for some weeks coming up after that as well. And what I've always told you is – You're going out there and you're playing. And even if you're rebuilding and the thing of it is, it's a bummer that he's not going to participate. He's not going to grow. He's not going to learn. He's not going to mature. But at the same time, it is good because so far you have had a competitive team that is three and two. And I think if we look across the board, there are some things that you thought you wouldn't like. There are some things that you thought weren't going to be great that turned out to be pretty decent so far. Now, obviously, uh, against uh, the pass in that secondary, I'd been one of them. But you have been probably pretty happy with what you've seen so far. So when it was brought up to me, all right, so if Minshew goes out there and plays well, and all of a sudden, you know, they kind of hit a groove. And again, they're playing better than what we thought. Does that diminish whatsoever your feeling regarding Anthony Richardson? And my counter has been, it won't. Now, I am counting on what I believe to be your thought process. And that would be one that would equate to mine. But I could be completely wrong on this. I mean, you may say all of a sudden, see, I mean, you wasted a pick. Or see, why did you need to do that? And here's why I bring that up. A lot of you are saying right now, well, wait a minute. You know, why would you even suggest that? They, they needed a quarterback. That's who they saw. That's who they selected at number four overall. But hold on. There was a wide array of opinions exactly like that after what recently took place. You guys answer it? A wide-ranging amount of opinions that felt 
hey, look what Zach Moss has done. Why did you need to go 42 mil three years in an extension to Jonathan Taylor? So it's not like I'm just making up this angle or making up this point. This point is out there. It may not be incredibly prevalent, but the point is indeed out there. And you know where I sit on this. I sit with a team that plays, that you enjoy, and especially for those of you out there that have followed this team for so many years and really got little to nothing in return. Little to nothing in return, unless it was the joke here or there, or a barb here or there. So whenever you can win, you can win. I've always told you I'm not concerned about where they end up drafting in round number one. Like Everybody gets this sports arousal of their own about Marvin Harrison Jr. You're going to make sure you can take a shot at him. Uh, Believe me, they're going to take a shot at somebody, but I'm not going to hope that they lose games. So just on the good fortune chance that you land on that spot with that opportunity that that happens. Because I have lived through way too much losing. And honestly, I went through a lot of winning. And the winning is a hell of a lot better than the losing. Thus, I think it's time when you can take advantage of opportunities to win to do just that. So I don't look at, you know what, Menchu should have been starting all along, or, you know, why did you waste this pick on Richardson? I, that would that be my train of thought. My train of thought would be this. You go out there with who's available, and if they win, then so be it. And then once your rookie is available again, he goes right back out there. That's where I am with this. So you can answer that question again, available on a variety of social media platforms if you so desire. Uh, That is a question that I had, among other things, we'll talk about with the Colts later on today. Of course, week six of the NFL and our Larsity Bourbon Locks and Luna Zool Tequila Shots uh, begins with Denver. I believe that game's at the crap hole coming up later on tonight. Denver and the toilet known as Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. That is one of those bad games that we're talking about right here, although when you mention there's a bad game on Thursday night, sometimes it goes like the other way. Sometimes the tables are turned on this. I would not expect that later on tonight. Travis Kelsey, speaking of expectations, is expected to play per usual. And that game coming at you to get everything underway in week number six. And as we normally do, we bring on board our betting analyst from Heaven Hill Distillery, fresh back from Vegas, where... Two things. He was largely disappointed in the outcome with the Packers, but incredibly excited about watching the games, obviously poolside. I don't know how much watching Brent Halverson you were doing of the games that were going on that looked like the Miami game on the big screen, but it was weird. The camera angle was not there on the big screen. It was on the small screen, much smaller screen. Very nice screen. Am Very I supposed nice to be screen. talking about this Very right nice. now? Is nice it okay? Out there, I, I would guess. Nice Were you out there in your Speedos poolside like, you, watching all this go you down? No, I was uh, similar <laughs> to that, right? But, yeah. Uh, no, it was awesome, man. Stadium Swim at Circa Casino is... Stadium Swim. Let's explain that to all everybody right. that may not know. This is on top of the casino, so it's outdoors. they got a 187-foot uh, TV monitor. They show every game out there. Um, they have on one big giant section, yeah. they have that, and they'll, they'll play the, the game that they have the most money on that was bet on. And then they'll switch in and out as those games are going. And then in, in between uh, commercials, they're jamming music, and this place is packed, right? Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable, 94 degrees. I mean, there were some 
there was uh, there was thousands of Packer fans. It was great, and there was some very uh, yeah. Uh, well, the thing I noticed is I, I noticed kind of in the background the Dolphin game going on, but I, I noticed um, a, a very attractive. Naked buttocks right there. <laughs> there was one right I mean, there. There was like a naked buttocks right there. And I go, wait a minute. I know you're here and everybody's swimming and there's music going on and there's NFL. But all of a sudden there was the focus on some, some naked butt. Yeah, right I didn't there. even see right that there. when I tell you. I, I so didn't think so. Yeah, you yeah, just the game. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was pretty wild, too. The uh, You know, that early game started at 6.30 a.m. out there. Yeah, yeah. And after going to bed about 4, it's a couple hour nap, you know, and then you got to hop right back to it. But no, it was great. It was unreal. And like I said, there was a lot of uh, great sights in Vegas. Uh, and then, you know, we went to the game, too. We had, uh, it was a, that may uh, have been the least of the was, enjoyment that, that you That was had. the least of the enjoyment. And I tell you, Allegiant Stadium is absolutely beautiful. It is unreal. Uh, we had great seats. We set 45-yard line, club level, right behind the Packer bench. So it was, uh, it was, it was everything we wanted it to be except the outcome. You know? Yeah. But uh, it was great. I mean, there was probably 65 70% Packer fans there. You know, it was, it was wild. Yeah. There was a yeah. lot, lot, of us, lot of us traveling. So... Uh, had some fun, won some money in the casino, and, and uh, you know, actually, unfortunately, gave it back on that Packer game. So, Yeah, well, Jordan Love, uh, yeah, I know good. everybody's still working through it, but so far, he does not look like it. Doesn't look like Doesn't it Doesn't look all. like it yet. They're, they're throwing these two-yard little dunks, you know, and they just can't think. They didn't get Dobbs involved at all, you know. No, so you've got to get some receivers out there. I was worried about Dylan uh, since Jones was out, and Dylan actually had a good game. He yeah. ran for 100 yards, so. Uh, but they just couldn't get it going in the air, you know. But, uh, hey, that's why they play those games. They do. And, unfortunately, for Packer fans like Brent, that was a bummer. But <laughs> I will give you something I'm sure you're excited about because if you remember, we talked to him back at the beginning of the summer, and he was very intrigued about Mystic Waters Campground up in Pendleton. And that is the quarterback that now takes over the reins, at least for this extended period of time, as starting quarterback of the Colts beginning Sunday down in Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew with Minshew Mania. So a guy that loves Mystic Waters campgrounds going to be under center again, full time, at least for the time being right now. If you were going to size up a game in which is so important this time of year within the AFC South on Sunday and you don't have Richardson, now you factor in Minshew. How do you look at this? I mean, how much of a difference do you expect there honestly to be? Well, I'll t- you know, we talked about it. Minshew's looked good. You know, he comes in, just just yep. randomly comes in, and he looked good. He looked great last week. You know, with uh, Richardson, though, I mean, what's it, is he going to be back, right? He's on out four weeks. They said it could be four to eight. Oh, I, I, I have, I, and by the way, I have said after they got a bye week, after they get back from Frankfurt, Germany, and my bet is it's going to be after that. Now, that's just a guess, yeah. but that's my bet. Well, and hopefully it is this year. But again, I think Minshew has come in and done great. I think that's just the way the game plan is drawn up now. So, and, and you know, with Jonathan Taylor – Jonathan, who? He wasn't even needed. Look, look there, there, I told you that. I told you there was a little bit of thought out there with Zach Moss in mind. But yeah, yes, absolutely. But you know, it does come into play. I mean, you know, they're going to have. They always have a tough time with Jacksonville. Um, but I think this is kind of a. You know, again, it's all game planning. You know, Minshew's not as um, uh, fluid on his feet, shall we say? But uh, he's got. He, he was looking pretty good, throwing some sharp passes. So. You know, I, I I like where they're at. Honestly, I mean, it's uh, it's it's unfortunate to have Anthony go down, but uh, yeah, I think Minshew's going to fill in nicely. The ball is going to be where it's supposed to be, and normally it has been with Minshew on the hands, at least near that catch radius of the intended receiver. Now you have to take away a lot of the game plan offensively that includes doing anything from that position with your legs, but. That is why I've said all along, 
you need to embrace the all-hands-on-deck approach here. And again, that's what you have. That's what you have with Moss and with Taylor. At some point, Taylor is going to be the feature again. That doesn't have to be this weekend. But you know what he can do when he's in there? He can help as much as Moss can. That's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take moving forward. That's what it's going to take on Sunday. And that's what it's going to take. That particular approach for this team to maybe turn into, to transition into something that a lot of us felt, and especially me, and I'll raise my hand before anybody will on this, a lot of us felt was not going to occur. I thought it may be a dime a dozen trying to find a great game here or there or a reason to be excited. And beyond the bummer of the news with Anthony Richardson, there's a lot of reason to be excited about a team that's 3-2. and two. Now, I know Ian say, well, they could be even better than that. There's no doubt. I mean, the Rams game, that first matchup, week number one against Jacksonville. But as it stands right now, they have been competitive. They have been enjoyable to watch even through what we normally get with this Colts team. I guess it's standard. You normally get injury situations. And now you have it at the most important position, but you have a guy, Brent, that can get in there, pick up that pace, and again, all hands on deck the approach and do something with it. And that's what I expect. Absolutely. And and it's, you know, it's kind of it's going to be exciting for him. He gets the start. He's going with it. He's kind of getting back in the saddle. He knows he's going to be there for at least four weeks. So this is going to be his time to shine. And, uh, you know, he, he, he brings a lot of that passion, you know, like he's like a uh, he's like a Favre, you know, almost, you know, just his passion behind the game and how he plays. So hopefully not everything, not everything, yeah, right. not everything, not everything. But no, I get what you're saying. Like cool, calm, collected. He knows what he's doing. He seems like he's in control. And I think that's what you see when he's been in there. Now, the difference is going to be here. And I, I know we saw that against Baltimore, too, but the difference is going to be here. Now you've got, you know, this week where you're preparing for him in Jacksonville, you know, coming up next week with Cleveland, you're going to have teams that are going to have him in the crosshairs fully now as opposed to preparing for Richardson and then getting, you know, that curveball, for example, of him going out and Minshew going in there. Absolutely. And, again, that's two totally different game plans, right? Yeah. So now that they're going to be able to sit and focus on Minshew versus Richardson, who's a much more mobile, does a lot with his legs, and Minshew is not as mobile. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be, like I say, it's going to be a big test for him. Uh, going down in Jacksonville to get started, but that's uh, kind of where he came from. So this is a little revenge game, maybe. Uh, Brent Halverson right there, our Heaven Hill Distilleries betting analyst. And, of course, we got Lodge City Bourbon Locks and Luna's Will Tequila Shots. Four o'clock, our predictions begin here at the Mousetrap. I want you to talk about the legendary Mousetrap in just a second. But this was brought up to me regarding that first start that we saw with Menchu, and that was against Baltimore. And the offense wasn't great. The outcome, the results were fantastic with a win. And a lot of people have approached me and said, hey, you know what? They would not have been as competitive. They would not have won had it not been for, you know, the 450 yarders. You know, that's such good fortune. And here's what I say to that. BS. You want to know why? Because that's why they went out in free agency and paid Matt Gay the most for a place kicker ever. That's why they did that. So don't give me that it's just a, a stroke of luck or good fortune that they win that game in overtime because Matt Gay gets out there and kicks five field goals in all and four of which an NFL record from 50 yards plus. That's why they got him. 
that is supposed to be a part of the repertoire. That will be moving forward with Gardner Minshew important. And I would expect the same outcome. That's why they got him. That's why you're not jacking around with the same old place kickers that half the time you don't know if they can get it from 35 or may be consistent from 42, 43, 44. You want somebody to where if your drive stalls can go long range and you sit back and expect them to drill it. So it wasn't a strike of luck in which they won that game in Baltimore. That with that team that they had on the field, played to the level and played to what is supposed to be a favorable position of this team, and that is its place kicking with Matt Gay. That may come in to play coming up on Sunday as well. I just, I've heard that so much, and I, that's exactly why they brought the guy in. That's exactly why we made fun of it. And that's exactly why those of us that made fun of it had to eat crow after the Baltimore game because he drilled four of those from 50. But that was a part of this equation. That's why. So the good fortune and all, that's that's the expectation. He's supposed to hit it. 50, you know, 50 plus. I'm not suggesting, you know, 58, 60, anything like that. But... 50, 51, 52, that's your expectation. You now believe that he should. That's why they went out and got him. Brent Holverson rejoins right now. What do you like about these games this week besides what we talked about with the Colts in Jacksonville Sunday? I tell you, there's some big numbers out there. If you talk about these big, fat numbers, there's a lot of them. There's not a lot of good game matchups, but, uh, you know, there's there's a couple of couple of spicy ones here. I think we'll talk through it a little bit starting tonight. You know, you got uh-huh. a 10 and a half point favorite in the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. That just has got crap written all over it, it to it, me. Like you game. mentioned, yeah. those Thursday games, or something goes yeah. early. I'm going to watch I mean. the Phillies and the Braves, I think, baseball-wise tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have no rooting interest other than I will say this, and, and this is going to completely turn the tides of that series really quick. I'll let you finish on this, but it occurred to me. Um, I Remember I made fun. There were some articles that came out back in August that suggested this Braves team – is better than the big red machine of 76. And of course, as a Reds fan, A, I scoff because I'm a Reds fan. But B, I scoff because they hadn't won anything. They hadn't won jack squad. They hadn't done anything. They hit a lot of home runs. They had an incredible offense. They were looking really good in August. But I'm kind of curious. Anybody going to rewrite that and send me that crap again right now? Now, if you're a Braves fan out there, like Chris Hagan or somebody like that, somebody from the Deep South or somebody that just uh, decided to jump on the bandwagon here all of a sudden, whatever. That's okay. Because what I may be doing with you, and Sam France is a Phillies fan, so Sam's going to be bummed out. I may be giving you some good karma. Why? Because I'm talking junk about a situation with the Braves still having time to turn this around. And they are certainly good enough to do that. But don't give me any of that crap back in August or right now about that team being better than the big red machine of 76. Now, granted, I'm probably going way past what a lot of you age-wise remember. I mean, hell, I was only six, but I remember everything except what happened earlier today. But normally, if you go back to 76, I can give you in detail some things that were going down. But I wanted to bring that up because that's something if they lose tonight to Philly – and the series is over, and the Phils move on to the uh, NLCS, I'm going to remind you of that once again. Because I took a lot of crap from a lot of Braves bandwagoners around here, and that's what happens when you call those shots 
before those shots occur. That's what I am testing tonight because I'm calling my shot right now. And knowing me with the bad karma, that's probably a good thing for the Braves. <laughs> but I didn't want to bring that up. Bring, bring that up big time. I mean, that with the 76. Come on now. Come on now. So you got to wait until the end of the year. And especially for all these teams, for the Dodgers last night, think about it. The Dodgers, the Orioles, the Rays, the Brewers, and obviously where the Braves are looking right now, you get all these incredibly winning regular season teams, um, a few of which here that have had significant time away from the game, and they just can't catch up. These other teams already have a game or two beneath their belt, winning beneath their belt. And that's been a big deal. We saw that with the Dodgers last night. We saw that with um, uh, we saw that with the Orioles. We saw that with the Rays. Been interesting. So yeah, maybe more so than watching games at the toilet later on tonight, NFL wise. <laughs> with the Broncos and the Chiefs, it'll be me and a little bit of baseball tonight, Brent. Yeah, you know, and like you said, I mean, yep. it's, it's it's hard to look at and yep. see like Dodgers getting swept, right? And then all these teams that are out. It's a whole different yep. game right now, but makes it exciting. You know, I think. Uh, oh, it's been fun. I, I've enjoyed it a great deal. I, I just. It, it's funny. You, you watch all year long and you just expect like the Dodgers to run rough shot or, you know, the Orioles because of the season they had with a hundred plus wins to run rough shot. They don't get a sniff. Yeah. I mean, I not an absolute sniff. The Dodgers are so incredibly outclassed. And then all of a sudden you see what they don't have compared to a Diamondbacks team that, you know, started out in that wild card round against the Brewers on the road, got going early haven't slowed down an ounce. Haven't slowed down point. at all. I think it's going to make for a, a wonderful yep. playoff into the into the World Series. And and as you know, John, the uh, the official bourbon of the Major League Baseball playoffs mm-hmm. is Evan Williams. And we got a lot of it here at the Mousetrap today. We do, so and I need one right in front of me we, now. We've got to get one started here. I so. am presently drinking a non-alcoholic beverage, and it's that's, almost three twenty-five in the afternoon. That is, that is <laughs> my fault today. I'm, I'm there's Canda right there. She's oh, going to take care of the wonderful Canda. And All I tell right. you, speaking of Canda, yep. they have, she makes the best chicken salad I've ever had. Oh, I need that. You no, know, it's, 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 I need that on a bed of lettuce and like a salad, like a chicken salad salad. Oh, dude. can I do that? Yes. Yeah. I'm sure you can. Yeah, they got great can food that. here. Come out and see us here at the Mousetrap. Well, we got some samples for you. you know, I would love to see you, Mousetrap, on Keystone. And again, Larson, Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool, Tequila Shots. We get the free samples flowing. Brent Holvers is going to hang too. But on the other side, the Hall of Famer, Derek Brooks, also the jointly appointed appeals officer for the NFL and NFL Players Association. One of the great linebackers of all time. He's a Hall of Famer. Derek Brooks set to join us coming up next. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live brought to you by Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses, a variety of flavors, winshulers.com. Recipes and more right there. That's the official sponsor of the Lounge and the Ride with JMV. It's HD Radio, the stream, the app, and 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. The Hall of Famer joins us next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Now we're at the mousetrap. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots. This is a week six with me and Brent Halverson, our betting analyst. There is Sherry. Sherry knows that I've got the Winshulers right before me here in a variety of flavors that you love. Winshulers.com, the official 
Spreadable cheese inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Dev's the onside engineer. I mentioned Brent Holverson is here. Mike Chappell in the 5 o'clock hour. Our week six picks in a second. But, hey, I am absolutely honored to welcome back right here the Hall of Famer. And as we learned last time out, and we talked about this in depth, which was awesome, jointly appointed appeals officer for the NFL and NFL Players Association. It is the linebacker, Derek Brooks, with us. Hello, Derek. How you doing, bud? I'm doing fine, doing fine, sir. How are you doing this lovely Thursday? It is incredible here in central Indiana. I am in the heart of central Indiana. It's about 77 <laughs> degrees and sunny out here right now. It is. It is. It, somebody that uh, grew up in Pensacola, Florida, there in the Panhandle, where oftentimes during the year you have great weather down there. We've got great weather going right here in October, and you cannot beat it. No, you no, you can't. Uh, to be honest with you, we had a small taste of uh, that here in Tampa. Uh, so weather that uh, was in the high sixties uh, that only lasted for about twelve hours. <laughs> it's back in the eighties today. Yeah, it's uh, Derek Brooks. Hey, last time I had you on, this is back in June, and we're going to talk about walk-ons in your place downtown. We're going to be there coming up tomorrow with yes. uh, Bud Light. We'll talk about that in a second. But we were talking about, you know, Anthony Richardson, and that was before we'd seen him play in any games. And obviously now he's on the IR down at least four weeks of this season. We'll see if it's not more coming up. But what's been your thought you know, as a Hall of Famer, former linebacker that would have to, to clean up and, and D up against him, what's your thoughts on what you've seen from that 21-year-old Florida quarterback, the rookie of the Colts, out of the gate? Uh, what I've seen thus far is uh, when he's available, uh, he's been productive <laughs> and playing winning football. Uh, I think at this point of his young career, uh, winning football has to start turning into smart football and uh, using, making better decisions when it comes to uh, his body and playing the position. Uh, obviously, uh, being a physical, phys- being physical at the quarterback position has gotten him a long way. Uh, but at this point of his career, he has to start approaching it differently so he can be available. Uh, the best available, the best ability is availability. <laughs> right now, uh, he's been short of that. So hopefully he will heal up uh, here in a month and come back mid to late season and uh, kind of pick up where he left off in, in playing winning football. So Derek Brooks, who joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, I'm curious, you've, you've gone through this as a player, but how long might it take a rookie like that? And you brought up the point in, in college. I mean, he's used to getting out in front, outrunning people, out toughing people, being stronger, bigger than everybody else. How long should it take him to get used to that speed of the game? And just what you mentioned, things that you can't afford to do to compromise your health and your availability on the football field. How long would that normally take a rookie, a 21-year-old like that? Well, the learning curve is going to be longer now because he's not getting the physical reps. Uh, As a young quarterback and even as a young player, You have to go through a little bit of baptism by fire to gain that experience 
be in game time moments, game time environments, whether it's home, whether it's on the road, hostile, friendly. You have to ride that emotional, emotional roller coaster uh, as a rookie to go through it. And you guys at, in Indianapolis have done that, you know, dating all the way back to Peyton Manning, even Andrew Luck. So it's been proven that it works. But unfortunately, that learning curve is going to be extended now because he's not on the field to go through it. Yeah, and we, we talked about that. And, and this, Derek Brooks joins us. Back in June when you were on with me for the first time, we were in agreement on, you know, getting him out there and getting him reps. And, and I think throughout here, that's the biggest bummer is the fact that that's not what you're going to be getting for him. Thus, you know, the evolution, the learning, the maturation isn't going to be there. And, and that's the biggest bummer. I mean, the good thing, I guess, is this Colts team is playing better than what people thought. They're three and two. You know, you're right there in it, feeling pretty good. You're winning some games. You get a matchup in Jacksonville on Sunday. But the bad part about it is the guy that is your long-term future at the most important position in football is not getting that experience, which is necessary. Right. And we've seen where high draft picks not being available, other guys stepping up, and before you know it, they're no longer there. I mean, it happens. Uh, I hope that's not the case here with uh, Mr. Richardson. And there are ways that he can get better while he's waiting, not just from a physical standpoint, obviously, and getting through the injury, but the mental aspect of it too. So uh, I'm sure Coach, Coach Frank has a plan uh, to make sure that this young man stays engaged, he gets better in other areas of development, uh, even though it's not on the field, uh, let's not lose sight, though. He can and will get better uh, while he's on our So Derek Brooks, the Hall of Famer with us. You know, I, I mentioned, too, you bring up Shane Steichen, which is kind of interesting because you've got an offensive mind that most of that playbook is, you know, running and it's built for Richardson. And now you get Gardner Minshew in there where you have to subtract a lot of that out of the puck, uh, pocket RPO running plays. But what we have seen here with that combination of Steichen and Minshew is, you know, a guy, Derek, that, that knows where the ball needs to go, he puts it, puts it within that catch radius of his players. Yeah. And, you know, this, this team still is capable of winning with him much like it would be with the rookie out there. Right, and, and again, I do apologize, Coach, Coach, Coach Shane, uh, by apologies uh, for failing to mention you earlier. Uh, that, to me, what we're going through now is what they prepared for in the offseason by having a veteran at the position that the young man could learn from. At the same time, understanding his role and being able to be called upon when necessary. And that is what Gardner is doing right now, is stepping in, playing that role, and, again, adjusting the offense that fits his skill set. And let's not be mistaken here. Getting Jonathan Taylor <laughs> this contract and getting yeah. him back in his office, that's going to be the, a really big difference to carry this offense while this young man is on our R2, but at the same time, having a great running game uh, why Gardner is in there, it still brings a different variety to the offense and creativity to the offense that can have success for the Colts.
got uh, Derek Brooks with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I mentioned this earlier, and, and you can attest to this, you know, certainly in your times in, in Tampa, because it was always all hands on deck. But most importantly here, you have at running back, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor's back. He got uh, what, 10 snaps, I believe, in all in his return on Sunday uh, in their win. But beyond that, it's all hands on deck. You've got Zach Moss, who has been really good. Once again, a buck mm-hmm. 60 plus on the ground at two touchdowns on Sunday. And, and with this team right now, even with Richardson being out there and active, you've got to have help from absolutely everybody. And it's the same with Minshew. So to me, it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between Moss and Taylor and how they utilize that. Because, again, it is all hands on deck with this group to remain competitive. It would have been with Richardson and probably even a little bit more so with Minshew, Derek, moving forward. Yes, and, it, and the scenarios that you discuss has with no matter who's behind them, behind these five guys, these five guys is the key, and that's the offensive line. You know, they have to establish – a physical style uh, running game, protecting the quarterback, setting up play-action pass. So the offensive line is doing their job. I think that's the critical point, no matter who's at the skill position, at running back behind them, and obviously a gardener playing quarterback, set, setting up things to get downfield plays out of the receiver position. It always goes back to the guys up front. They will control that. And if they play well, they stay healthy. And I just look at the Colts' success over the past few years. When the offensive line is healthy and playing well together, that has equal Indianapolis Colts' success. Yeah, he is the Hall of Famer and the uh, jointly appointed appeals officer of the NFL and NFL Players Association, Derek Brooks, with us. I don't know if you're – are you allowed to talk – with me about anything you've had to deal with at all? Because I was going to ask you what's been what's been interesting, what may be an interesting story. I just don't know if you're allowed to talk about that stuff. Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I am not from, because of the sensitivity uh, that's involved yeah. when you're dealing with players and safety and economics. So, unfortunately, uh, I, I can't uh, disclose any uh, information or in the process sure. of the hearings. But I can't say this. I do the best I can uh, <laughs> to make sure, yes. you know, the players understand the game they're playing and protect hey, the safety yeah. of the game. Yeah. Can I – I want to ask you this. Can you tell me how many situations you have had to observe? You've had to uh, – I don't know, for lack of a better – lack of a better description, you had to mull over this week already? Oh, uh, uh you know, the, the number gets up there. Uh, <laughs> over, over five, over five-day period, uh, again, it, yeah. it's not overwhelming, <laughs> but it's, uh, it takes a good bit of time. Sure. Understand that. And uh, point taken right there. Derek Brooks with us. <laughs> hey, a couple more things before I let you go. Uh, Tony Dungy was on the show right before me of NBC, the former coach here, your former coach as well. What's Tony Dungy still mean to you and certainly your time oh. in Tampa as a player playing for him? Oh, absolutely. One of the best salt of the earth uh, human beings. And I have the fortunes of having Coach Dungy uh, continue to be a part of my life in post-career and retirement. 
and I get a chance to see him here in Tampa. We run into each other. We stay in communication uh, because we're still heavily involved in the game. But uh, when obviously couldn't have been a better spot for him to land uh, once his time was up uh, here in Indy, and it seemed like that was a perfect fit uh, for him to go uh, lead that organization to a Super Bowl and have a big impact in the community. So uh, as well as you guys, as well as we here in Tampa, uh, both cities uh, are fortunate that Coach Dungey is still a part of both our cities and makes it better. No doubt about that. Hey, before I let you go, I'm at walk-ons tomorrow, South Meridian on a Bud yes. Light Blue Friday, man. I'm ready to have a blast. Hey, man, you're going to enjoy yourself to the fullest, and I hope people come out and <laughs> enjoy some good food, good fun, you know, and let's, let's pack the building. Let's pack the building for you. Let's, let's do that, too. And I want to catch up with you again, Derek, if you don't mind, before that Buccaneers-Colts game up here. I'm assuming, are you going to make it up here, you think, for that? Uh, I, I'm doing my best, man, to make, make okay. that trip. And, uh, you know, I, I want to hope I'm coming into some friendly territory. But uh, he'll be all right, best, yeah. <laughs> doing my best to make the trip, absolutely. You'll be all right. Hey, Derek, I appreciate you as always, man. We'll do it again before that Buccaneers game. Have a great weekend down in Florida. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, Derek Brooks right there, also uh, one of the owners of Walk-Ons with our friend Todd Johnson. We'll be there coming up tomorrow on a Bud Light Blue Friday with Colts tickets to give away. The Hall of Famer and, again, the jointly appointed appeals officer for the NFL and NFL Players Association. That is Derek Brooks with a great deal of respect, as you would probably understand for Tony Dungy. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. Brent Halverson rejoins. We got our Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna's Dual Tequila Shots, top of the hour. Mousetrap, Keystone. Don't miss a second of this. Join us for those free samples, too. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. And now, you'll take away the biggest part of me. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This place is so awesome. It is the mousetrap. Keystone is our location here. Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna's Old Tequila Shots on this Thursday week, number six of the NFL. I didn't have time to get into it, and I, I probably should have. Maybe I won't next time, considering the matchup of the Buccaneers is on the horizon in November. But yeah, we were celebrating last week. I shouldn't say we were. I know the Colts were celebrating last week uh, that Monday night matchup with the uh, Buccaneers that they came from behind and won. And a lot of people didn't know until, you know, the next morning after they got up and were, were upset about the Colts and what they thought would be losing ended up winning against the Buccaneers. We may save that for when the Buccaneers are in town coming up in the month of November. But Derek Brooks, always really good for the show. And again, you can join us tomorrow. His his place is walk-ons. He's got a stake in that along with Todd Johnson. I believe Drew Brees is a part of it as well. I think Booger McFarland is also a part of that. Uh, walk-ons, so South Meridian, Bud Light Blue Friday is coming at you tomorrow with Colts tickets for you. Can't wait to see you there. Britt Halverson rejoins Heaven Hill Distillery. Our largest 
Varsity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Week number six is just about ready to get fired up. What are you looking at over here? Just looking at some stuff. See what the, a lot of injuries out there. A lot of injuries out oh, there. It's just crazy. Yes. They just keep coming up, too. But, uh, you know, so especially tonight, you know, Travis Kelsey, I think he's supposed to play, for, of course, but he's getting a little banged up. Yep. And they, they don't have a receiving core, really, there. You know, that's the thing. It's uh, kind of holding. It's, it's not the, the Chiefs of the past that we've known, but. They're going up against the worst defense in the NFL, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what works tonight. I will tell you this: I, I don't know how, and I always use this word "robust." I don't know how robust it's going to be offensively, but you may want to take a shot with Gardner Minshew. I know everybody probably stays like the whole ten-foot pole analogy with Alec Pierce right now, but Alec Pierce kind of seems like he does get more involved, at least at this point in his career. When you see Minshew out there, and you know, Josh Downs is another guy we may be looking at coming up this weekend as well. I know that I'm not going to put too much of an emphasis on you know Colts skill position guys that aren't running backs, but you might be able to do some things if you're Gardner Minshew and may be able to get a touchdown or two out of somebody that normally you wouldn't get a touchdown out of. Maybe Ellie Pierce is that guy. Maybe Josh Downs could end up being that guy, Brent. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're right. The quarterback's going to find their guy, yeah. right, that they feel comfortable with. Now, I think he's done a great job, you know. I mean, yeah. So there's some stuff there that, uh, again, just watching and seeing what they're going to do with Jonathan Taylor. If he gets back in there, if they're, you know, that's going to play a couple two back sets back there. I mean, that can be exciting. You know, they got a lot of dump options. And, and again, Minshew's going to have his, uh, have his time to shine. So let's see. How much of that is uh, a possibility? I guess, coming up on Sundays. Interesting. All right, uh, give me a game before we hit a break here. Give me a couple of games that we're really going to eyeball coming up in our Large City Bourbon Locks and Luna's Old Tequila Shots. Well, as we mentioned, the slate's not that uh, attractive. No, it right? is and not. There's, there's, some, there's some big spreads out there. There's some uh, interesting matchups. But I think the two big games that stand out to me is going to be that Seattle-Cincy game. Yep. Let's see if Cincy can kind of stand up to what they did last week. They finally looked like the Bengals we thought they looked like. And, uh, you know, the other game is going to be that Dallas Cowboys and Chargers game. I think that's going to be a really good game. Dallas got their uh, teeth kicked in last week. So yes. we'll see how that uh, Teeth kicked in at a major, then everybody's dead. Dak Prescott's not it. He's not the guy. Like, one week he plays well, he's it. Next week he doesn't, he's not it. So, yep. yeah. Anyways, yo, yo. Brent Halverson right there joins us on the other side. Inside the Lounge is brought to you by Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses. This that I'm showing you right here, it's, it's Bass Ackwards, by the way, on the camera here. But that's Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses. That's your tub. Original cheddar, a variety of flavors. Winshuler's.com for those recipes and more. Available at Meyer and Kroger. Our Large City Bourbon Locks and Luna's Old Tequila Shots on the other side. Mike Chappell still to come. Uh, the injury list regarding the Colts and two dudes that were back at practice today which is a good thing. We'll do that with Mike coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, but Brent Halverson with us on the other side. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, Week 6, live from the Mousetrap, 93.5-107.5, the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 
Hey, welcome back to our Thursday live at the Mousetrap on North Keystone. Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, Derek Brooks, the Hall of Famer. Former linebacker just with us, if you missed any of that conversation. Um, also handles appeals with the NFL and has since 2014. Podcast 1075thefan.com, Mike Chappell. CBS 4 and Fox 59 coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I mentioned walk-ons tomorrow. Spiro Ditas of CBS has got the call. He's going to join us coming up tomorrow. we got a loaded show for you coming up tomorrow. Uh, that's on South Meridian, Bud Light, Blue Friday. We've got uh, tickets to give away. I believe it's uh, Browns Colts tickets for you coming up tomorrow. Love to see you there. Before we get into our week six selections here, We've got the injury report for the Colts. Uh, limited in practice time today was Mo Alley-Cox coming back from that injury. Braden Smith was back out there today, both of which uh, were DNPs yesterday in practice. Practicing in full, Shaquille Leonard. Of course, he missed last week with that groin injury. Quiddy Pay and Bernard Ryman, the defensive lineman and the left tackle, back participating full, but still have yet to outdistance concussion protocol. So we'll follow that news coming up tomorrow regarding the Colts. We'll talk to Mike Chappell about that coming up in the 5 o'clock. I got a myriad of questions I want to ask him as it pertains to the playbook with consideration of Gardner Minshew coming up on Sunday. And if you remember in that first meeting, the biggest bummer about everything was the fact that the Colts gave up 14 defensively in that fourth quarter. Now, granted, you can look at the offense, which stalled in the fourth two, could not get moving whatsoever. But the Colts were in prime real estate position to get something done and couldn't see if things can be different coming up on Sunday. Once again, Gardner Minshew will start under center there. Meantime, before we get started here, Mike of the Mousetrap, Brent, is with us right here. Well, we got uh, anything we want to add here? You know what? Before we get going? I'm going to give I'm going to toot his horn a little bit here. You're going to toot a horn. I like uh, it. Mr. Cordo is uh, one of the best guys that I've ever had a chance to not only work with, but be friends with. And uh, what you've created here at the Mousetrap, my friend, is uh, pretty remarkable. Best live music yes. you'll find is right around right here and what he's built over 20-plus years now for you, right? Yeah, 21. And 21 years. 21 and, years. And, and this has been open since 57, right? 1957. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just awesome, man. I mean, congrats. Yeah, it's been and, crazy. Uh, thanks Did for it look exactly too. like this in 57, too? Well, the building did, yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, not as many windows and uh, or women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's well, gone through a lot of changes over the years. There's a Cajun, a Cajun joint for a while in the yeah, 80s. Was a uh, huge pool pool place back in the day. I mean, the, the, the Black Widow, Jeanette Lee played oh, well, she was, a few times. Like, how far back does that go? That, that's in the late 80s, early 90s. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. I saw her play three different pool tournaments here and never win one. Yeah, there was that, that kind well, of quality wow. talent in here. Yeah, I remember Mike, and this, this place is no longer up in Castleton. But when I when I first started, I was with Mark Patrick, and we would do more than just occasionally remotes just like this at Chalkies. Yeah, and then she would be there all the time. Oh, yeah, even then too. And I think she'd already been well established, you know, as the Black Widow on that name. But she was there all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. And something to look at too. I'm sure she was yeah, in there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was. And well, all that. I mean, it was. It was incredible. And I know 30 for 30. There was one done on ESPN about yeah, her, amazing. which was uh, which was very good. So mm-hmm. anyway, all right. Anything you guys want to add before we get started here? 
Mike, you got uh, you got all kinds of new menu recently, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we, we, well, outstanding. Yeah, yeah, it's all food. named after Grateful Dead uh, lyrics and stuff like that. It's, <laughs> it's all awesome. crazy, like uh, the pepperoni half step. I'm surprised Brent doesn't sleep here every night. Yeah, I, you know, I tried I know. to. They kick me out of here. They, they closing hours at three. I don't think he sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> on the run, man. On the wait. Run. What is the deal with his chicken salads? I'm a big fan of chicken salad. What are oh, we talking about well, here? Canda, our, our day. Uh, Manager, uh-huh. bartender. She's been here well over 30 years, and she worked at Atlas Grocery Store way back in the day in, yep. in the That's uh, where, deli. The, that's where Letterman kinda, worked, yeah, right? She kind of took then, the, uh, the style of their chicken salad and kind of created and put you know a twist on it to make it their own, and yeah, it's fantastic. Wow. She does yeah. a lot of It's all homemade. Like the, the you got tuna salad, oh, yeah, chicken yeah, salad, yeah, yeah. ham salad. Yeah, depending on, on when and all that, we got to keep it fresh. Let yeah. me tell you this. I am such a tremendous fan of tuna salad. Yeah, me too. Like a tuna salad salad. Sounds like me tonight right there. Just a huge fan of tuna salad. No tuna helper, though. I want to do yeah. tuna helper in a second. Oh, yeah. Tuna Anything casserole. tuna. People used to. People used skinny. I, I, I eat it out of the can. Like, people used to say, you know, if it stinks, you'll eat it kind of thing. And we all laughed and giggled about that. But there's, it's, it's true. Stop. And I said, we giggled just like that. Just like that. Somebody wanted to call me the cat once. I go, no, 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 no. I don't want to be called a cat here. But I'll tell, if it stinks, I'll eat it. I, I did go with that. Um, but no, I'm a big tuna guy. So I'm always on the lookout for great tuna salad right there. And it's yeah. right here. Yeah, right yeah, here. yeah. The food's yeah. awesome. Tuna salad salad tonight. Tuna salad salad. me right salad there. And we're huh? famous for our tenderloins. We've got the biggest tenderloins in town. And Love we've it. had them forever. And our John's Famous Stew. It's Uncle John's Famous Stew. Not to yep. It's it's essentially it's the same. It really is same thing. And uh, it, yeah, it's wonderful. And uh, you know, you know hand padded burgers and you know good big chicken fingers and chicken wings and all fresh. Doing it right. Product. Yeah, yeah. That's Mike right there. You ask for him if you stop by the mousetrap. If you come right now, we'll get you a heavy duty sample. Uh, with whatever you want uh, beneath the Heaven Hill Distillery umbrella, especially if it is Larcity Bourbon. And with that, fellas, let's do it. Week number six, our Larcity Bourbon locks. Luda, Azul, Tequila Shots. James, cue the band. Uh, let's go. Tonight's game, I know I hate – like, I don't hate Western Kansas because they have, like, buffalo meat and – Flatlands? I don't know. I'm just making stuff up at this point. No, I don't hate Western Kansas, but for some reason I hate Lawrence, Kansas. I hate Kansas basketball. I cannot stand, even though it's in Missouri, Arrowhead Stadium at all. I do like the Royals, though. Tonight at the toilet in Kansas City, it's the Broncos and the Chiefs. And obviously, I mean, we will see. Looks like Travis Kelsey is going to play tonight. That was within question earlier this week. Ten and a half point favorites at home. I'm going to lay that and uh, take the Chiefs because I think this is easy. The Broncos are an absolute Sean Payton mess right now, Brent. Yeah, you know, they are. I mean, their defense, they have the worst defense in the NFL. You know, you got the Chiefs that we talked about a little bit earlier. They don't have that receiving core that we're we're used to seeing out there. Kelsey's going to be huge for them. I think Pacheco has a huge night tonight. This is a big number, and this is one of uh, three or four double-digit spreads. But uh, I think Kansas City gets it done tonight. Uh, Kansas City, 30 17. I just worry without weapons, you know, you want to hit the number and it makes you wonder they'll win, but it makes you wonder if they're going to be able to hit that, that lofty number, right? Magic number. Mike, what do you got? I'm with you. I'm thinking that Denver's wondering who's going to be cut or traded next. I think they're bailing on their season completely. Frank Uh, Clark right now. We saw Randy Gregory here locally from HSC last week. Yeah. Yeah. I think the chiefs going to put it on them. 
All right. right. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna's Old Tequila Shots. This is in London coming up on Sunday morning. The Ravens and the Titans. Titans coming off that loss up here at Lucas Oil Stadium with the Colts. The Ravens, meantime, are installed as four-point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and lay the four here and give me the Ravens in London coming up on Sunday morning. Brent? Yeah, this Ravens team, again, I'm still waiting for them to really, truly look like they should. They just they can't put it together. No. And, you know, last week they fell down. They left right after uh, their, their loss and went to uh, went across the pond. So they've been getting there. Getting, I think it's going to be probably right around that number. Uh, but I'll join you. I'll take the uh, Baltimore Ravens. To Mike! The four. I agree. They're due to put it together. Commanders and Falcons are part of week number six as well. Yeah, neither one of these teams were very fun and don't look very fun either. So I just kind of flipped a coin on this. The Falcons are two and a half point favorites. I'm going to lay that two and a half and give me the Falcons with for no other reason. It came up heads. Well, <laughs> sometimes that's how you got to pick them, John. <laughs> you know, I think I'm, I'm going to join you as well. The yeah. Falcons are 3-0 and at home. They haven't won on the road yet, but they're surprisingly winning some games. Uh, you know, that commander team, they just they're up and down. They're all over the place. I'm going to join you. I'll take the uh, short number there. Falcons lie with two and a half. Mike. I think the commander's going to put it together this week. But at the same time, I think that's one of the four games on the schedule this week that are uh, between two opponents that are looking for quarterbacks potentially next year. And I'm not sure the Falcons fans really want them to win too much unless they're winning big. Yeah. Yep. Hey, who should be playing more for Caleb Williams opportunities here? The Vikings or the Bears coming up in week number six. So the Vikings have Kirk Cousins, no Justin Jefferson for the next four weeks. We know that with that hamstring injury. Um, the Bears, last we saw them, were putting it on the commanders in the Beltway. Three-point favorites on the road of the Vikings. The, the Bears are really stupid. Uh, they put up some big numbers, 40 points, in the last time out. Uh, the Vikings just seem like that they're damaged beyond belief right now. And just a... Really bad team in the first place so far. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the three and give me the Bears at home. Yeah, you know, Justin Jefferson being out is is huge. You know, we, we know what kind of caliber player he is. They got that Addison kid who's going to be good. Uh, you're going to see some some different looks there. But the Bears oh, might Osborne to get more of a shot, Osborne too. Osborne to get Bears. more of a shot. He could be somebody to look at for a Lunasul tequila shot of the week. You know, I mean, he's going to get some yeah, play out there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Bears. I'll take the plus three in Chicago. Two one and four teams. Somebody's got to win. Which team would rather have a shot at Caleb Williams here? Would it be the Bears or do you think the Vikings? Interesting. Inter- yeah, Bears. The Maybe Bears. so. Anyway, Mike, what do you got? I'm with you. I think the I think the Vikings are going to. How are you going to rally around a quarterback that doesn't know if he's going to be there next week? And if the Bears were smart, they would have gotten rid of their quarterback already and secured that number one pick. Hey, so I think it's a fight between them. You know, I'm a Reds fan. I'm not a Bengals fan, but I'm waiting on the Bengals. The, the, I guess the calf of Joe Burrow to get completely right and the Bengals to get offensively back on track. I, I love what they can do up front, especially defensively. They get to match up with the Seahawks. Seahawks are one lost team so far. Coming off a bye week, you got to travel cross country to the Queen City. Bengals are three-point favorites. Because I am a believer that the Bengals are going to get up off the mat and get out of the cellar, I'm going to lay the three and take the Bengals at home, Brent, on Sunday. You know, I'm still not sold on them. They did finally have a, a breaking out, but their defense is allowing a lot of points too. And I, the Seattle team, again, that's a tough thing, but they are coming off of having you know, the week off last week. But that, uh, that West Coast to East Coast 1 o'clock game yeah. is always a little questionable. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and take Seattle here. I'll take the three points. I think it's going to be a field goal game anyway. Give me Seattle plus three. What do you got, Mike? I think it's Cincinnati just because they have to travel from Seattle. The, the only uh, caveat would be that uh, T. Higgins is still out, I believe, yes. right? 
Yep. So if they can limit, they've got pretty good DBs in Seattle. If they can limit uh, Chase, then maybe they have a chance. Man, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite for the 49ers on the road in Cleveland. Another one of these cross-country things. Um, now, we know that Deshaun Watson didn't play last week. That was not announced until right before game time on Sunday, and clearly it did not help. I don't know. Has he practiced it? Deshaun Watson practiced this week. He has not, and this line was uh, went from – Five to seven and a half. Okay. So that kind of tells me that he's probably not going to be playing. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I'm still going to lay the seven and a half and take the best team in the NFL going right now, the San Francisco 49ers. Brent? Yeah, they look good. I mean, what they did even to Dallas. I mean, everybody they're playing, they're just kind of steamrolling. I think they're going to continue that here. I think that seven and a half, I will lay that. I think they win by double digits. However, always by the half point on seven. So uh, I'll give, me, uh, give me San Fran to cover. Mike? San Fran all day. The Purdy Niners. All right, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul Tequila Shots, Mousetrap. We're on North Keystone here on this week, 6 Thursday. Thank you for joining us. I'm telling you what, C.J. Stroud has been really good as a rookie quarterback so far, really good. They get the Saints in Houston coming up on Sunday. New Orleans may be a bit of a surprise, right? Point and a half favorites on the road. I'm going to take that point and a half here. I think I'm going to take Houston at home. I just, it just kind of seems like that they, with what the Colts are doing, they may right now, because of that play of Stroud, be able to keep pace. So, again, give me that point and a half. I'll take the Texans. Yeah, I like the home dog here, too. And everything you said, I'm right on with you. I mean, I think Stroud's look great. I think, uh, you know, the Saints are kind of up and down. They look good last week. But I'm going to go ahead and take that uh, one and a half points. Give me the Houston Texans to uh, cover, but also win the game. What do you got there, Mike? I, I agree. I agree. I think there's going to be a, an interception this game. But uh, you got to remember the home field advantage is not huge. There's a lot of trans, there are transplants from New Orleans to Houston. So I think there's going to be yep. some Saints fans in that crowd. But yep. I think they'll get a pick and lose. There you go. I like that call. All right. Panthers are... 13-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road at Miami. And that goes without saying. That should be the number. And it makes you wonder. So last year during the season, Frank Reich got canned, and things are not going right whatsoever in Carolina for Frank Reich right now. It was the week before last. I mean, Frank was asked a question and talked about not knowing that Adam Thielen a play for whatever reason they drew up for him offensively. Adam Thielen was injured and off the field. That's never good. Um, talked about how much like last year with Jim Ursay getting involved in what the coach is doing and the decisions that are being made, ownership in Carolina evidently getting involved in what he's doing right now. It all equates to a really bad situation for the coach, for the organization, for the team on the road in Miami. I wouldn't normally do this. I'll lay that 13 and a half and give me the Dolphins to run away and hide Brent Halverson. Yeah, the number one high-scoring team in the NFL is the Miami Dolphins. They lost A-Chan for, uh, to yep. IR for four weeks, but that doesn't matter. I think they got too many weapons out there. You got, the, you got Hill. You, you got Mostert. Mostert, who's Moster, there, too. Who can pick Wilson's it up? back. Yeah. Jeff Wilson is back. Yeah, yeah Jeff That's Wilson's right. back, too, Mike. Thank they you. Got, yes. they got a, they just, their arsenal's just heavy, right? And like you say, it's a dumpster, dumpster fire in Carolina. Not only is, you know, you've got a, 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 a team that is kind of struggling like they are, but like everything you just mentioned, too, John, and I never do this. But this is going to be my larceny lock of the week. Lock it up, At then. 13 and a half. That's just crazy. But I think they win by 20-plus. What do you got there, Mike? I think Brent might get there, but it'll probably be because Reich will go for uh, fourth and five from his own 30, and that'll screw the points up. 
He um, is not in a good spot right now, much like he was not in a good spot this time a year ago. It would seem. Luxury Bourbon Locks. Luna's old tequila shots. Right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a one-loss team. At home, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback. There's not a lot to really embrace his greatness right there, except for what has taken place when loss rise so far. Now, the Lions have been legit. Three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the Buccaneers. However, for fun. I'm going to lock this up. I'm going to take that three and a half, and I'm going to take in a surprise the Buccaneers at home against the Lions coming up this weekend. My Larceny Bourbon lock of the week right there. I can't believe I'm saying it. The Buccaneers, lock it up. Baker Mayfield is oh, your loss, huh? Weird, dude, that's I tough know. to do. That's tough to do. I can't do that, John. I'm going to go against you on this one. Oh, no. I just think they're, they're you know, again. I think I'm going to go next door to on. what is that place next door here and get a bong or two and then go home and <laughs> hit it. <laughs> well, hey, you might That's what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> no, I could probably just do it in this alley back here if I wanted to. No, no I'm joking. Go ahead, Brent. I'm going to take the uh, Detroit Lions to yep. get the win. 28-21. They'll cover that three and a half. Mike, what do you got? Detroit all day. Yeah. makes So I'm, I'm on an island here. <laughs> am I well, on a key, a sandbar? Just what just am I on? Your bong and your island, right? <laughs> yeah, my bong and my island right there. Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna's with Tequila Shots. There's no way in the world after getting deep pants last week at home in the fashion in which Bill Belichick did, right? The Patriots head coach and his team that they can go on the road to Vegas, face a former quarterback in New England and the former longtime offensive coordinator and chief butt sniffer in New England, Right? As head coach of the Raiders, no way that they're going to look as bad as they did last week. However, I don't have enough trust in Belichick and what he is doing in that team right now after watching last week against the Saints. So the Raiders are three-point favorites. Lay that three and give me the Raiders, Brent. You saw that in front of you against the Packers last week. I, I don't trust the Raiders, but... The Patriots look among the worst easily in the NFL right now. They really do. And Belichick had his two biggest defeats of his career in the last two weeks. I mean, he just, they're, they're struggling right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, Vegas, they, they're not all that, but you know what? They're at home. Beautiful Allegiant Stadium. I will say it is absolutely stunning there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take the uh, Raiders to get the cover. They'll cover the short number. Raiders 24-20, but cover the three. What do you got, Mike? I'm with you. You forgot Tom Brady's going to be in that locker room probably in Vegas. Both of them? You know, well, Tom Brady's he's an owner yeah. of a party. So I yeah. can see him down in that locker room saying, make sure you boys beat Bill Belichick. I want to see Tom Brady. I want to see Tom Brady bring baseball back to Montreal and the Expos <laughs> back. That's what I got my fingers crossed. Anyway, Mike, I didn't I mean to interrupt. The Ra- I, I got the yeah. Raiders. At the Raiders. At, yeah, uh, I mean, and then they're going to beat their uh, future coach, Bill Belichick. Larceny Bourbon Locks, <laughs> Lunas, Tequila Shots, Cardinals, and Rams. Also a part of week number six. Yeah, the Rams have been on and off. Rams can be really good. Rams sometimes don't look so great. Seven-point favorites against the Cardinals. Kind of the norm right there. Maybe some good moments for Arizona so far. Not enough in this one. Lay the seven. Give me the Rams at home, Brent. Yeah, I'm with you there, too. You know, Cooper Cup's back, and I was kind of wanting to see how they're going to really run him and Puka Nakua since Puka's just had a huge, huge rookie campaign so far. I think there's just more firepower for them. I think they're going to, you know, Arizona is one of the worst defenses out there in the NFL as well. I'm going to take the Rams, lay the seven. Mike. I agree. Uh, the Cardinals have nothing to play for. The Rams, I think they're feeling like uh, they've, they've got some energy back. You know, they've got talent out there. And after a horrible season last year, I think they're feeling uh, they're feeling pretty good. So, Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna's old tequila shots from the mousetrap on North Keystone. Free samples flowing right now. So, join us here. While we're here until 6 o'clock on this Thursday, week number six is what we're talking about. So the Eagles 
All right, so they haven't won in over-the-top impressive fashion. But you know what they've done? They've won. They have. Now, that's a little bit different than what we're doing here as we play against the number. Seven-point favorites on the road against the Jets. I This, to me, is a scary one because so many are going to jump on this Eagles team and then you know, maybe the Jets keep it tighter than, than what we think. I, I just can't go with that what if. I got to lay the seven and take the Eagles – on the road, Brent, coming up on Sunday. Even if they haven't blown absolutely everybody out of the water, they still do nothing but win. That is a professional team you got with Nick Sirianni in Philly, most definitely right now. One of two undefeated teams in the NFL, and I think they're going to continue that. And, you know, that Jets team, they're scrappy, right? Yeah. They are scrappy. they got a good defense. I think Brees Hall, they're finally starting to use him and let him go. But you still got Zach Wilson. He's going to be guaranteed for two picks. I think it's going to be too much for uh, the Eagle or too much for them to handle. Eagles cover, win 26-17. What do you got, Mike? Oh, I think the Eagles going to blow them out. I, I think their defense up the middle especially is going to shut down Brees Hall a little bit. And the Jets are just too confused in the locker room. The, the Eagles have together. They've got the leader. Yeah. And they're ready to go out there and prove something. Professional Plus, it's team. It's not that far from New York, you know, and it's all green. It's going to get loud. <laughs> it's going to get and loud. It's going to be green, but it'll be loud. All right, so the Bills welcome in a former offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball, who had a great season a year ago that would probably like to hide under a rock right now with his Giants team, to say the least. In Buffalo, 14-point favorites of the Bills. This is incredibly scary right here. It's going to take a lot to hit that number. The Giants look like an absolute disaster. Consider the Patriots disaster and then times two with the Giants disaster right now. Lay the 14 and take the bills. I hate it. I hate saying it. I don't quite believe it, but I'm doing it. Brent. A lot of big chalk. We're all on it. I'm going to join you here. I mean, you know, the bills getting uh, defeated uh, was, uh, was, was rough for them. They got to travel back across the pond, but they're back home. Look what they did against Miami. They're going to get back on track. I think they put up. 34-17, Bills cover 14. What do you got over there, Mike? I'd be really surprised if the Giants get 17 points, but I think it's going to be a blowout. I think Buffalo wants to prove something. All right, so the Chargers don't really have a home play, so they play in SoFi, right? But this is going to be all Cowboys all the time. Southern California is going to be nothing but Cowboys there. It was an absolute joke of a game. They lost to San Fran. The Cowboys, I'm not suggesting they're going to bounce back, but I just think the Chargers with zero home field advantage not going to be good enough in this one. The Cowboys on the road are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Lay the two-and-a-half and give me the Cowboys against the L.A. Chargers in SoFi Stadium, which is going to be all Cowboy stuff. I think it's a really close game. I'm going to be anxious to see, like I said, we see a tale of two different teams with the Cowboys one week from the next Who's going to show up there? But uh, you're right. I mean, that's the, they don't have the big home field advantage uh, as, as most nope. teams do. But I think uh, I, I like the Chargers in this spot. They're gonna give me, I'm going to take them uh, plus two and a half again. I'd always buy that half point. Give me the Chargers to cover. Mike, talk to me. I like them as well. I don't think the home field advantage matters that much for the Chargers because they, they never have one. No, they so don't. I think they're used to that. And, uh, and I think this, this is going to be different. And, these, these games like Kansas City, that trail, these – the Packers that travel, it's going to be different because it's going to be all Cowboy fans. Yeah, yeah. Not just a smattering of them. Yeah. I think the Cowboys are a mess. And the only guy that's confident in them is Jerry Jones, at least uh, <laughs> you know, verbally. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they're a mess. Hey, by the way, Luna's going to keep the shots for this week number six. I want to go back to the Houston Texans. And I thought he would be more uh, – he was an off-season acquisition at tight end. Dalton Schultz, who played a year ago, obviously played well in Dallas the past couple. He has not been targeted too much, but it seems like maybe he will start. The reason why I bring this up, Dalton Schultz is available in 64% of those fantasy leagues out there right now. 
So take, I believe, a target and now a, an extended period of time target for the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Dalton Schultz tied into the Texans in my Luna Azul tequila shot of the week in fantasy football. I like it. That's a good call. That's yeah. a great call. 64% of those fantasy football leagues he has availability in right now. So check that out. All right. Colts and Jaguars coming up on Sunday, man. I'm really excited for this. This is a mammoth contest. Go back to week number one. Colts had the advantage, lost it late, gave up 14 in the fourth quarter. Offense couldn't do much in the fourth, and they ended up losing that game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But let me tell you this. The Jaguars are not the same team we thought they were going to be at the start of this year, and neither are the Colts. However, I'm going to take Jacksonville to double this thing down once again. Right now, Jacksonville, four-point favorites at home. I'm going to go ahead and lay the four. Give me the Jags in that final 26-20, Brent, on Sunday. Disappointed, to say the least. Competitive, yes. Disappointed. I really want to take the Colts because I really I want to see this work for you, the fans, and I want to see this work for Gardner Minshew. I just don't think this game in Jacksonville will for them. Hopefully for you that I'm wrong, but uh, lay the four, 26-20, your final Jaguars over the Colts. Brent? Yeah, I'm hoping to see a good game here, but, uh, you know, just look at the history. The the Colts struggle playing Jacksonville, especially in Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville has been uh, across the pond for the last couple weeks, so there may be a little bit of a lag there, but they're going to get back on track. Uh, you know, I will say this is going to be my Lunasville shot of the week. We talked about him earlier. Yeah. This is a long shot, right? But uh, Josh Downs. That's a good idea. Uh, Gardner Mitchell likes him. Good idea. Nine receptions for uh, 97 yards last week. I think something along those lines. Uh, I think he's going to have a. He's going to be kind of the guy for him down there. But I don't think it's enough to beat him. I'm going to take the Jags, lay the four. He's going to bust one in the slot too, and that's all you need. The, these shots we're talking about is, you know, they may not put up huge numbers. I mean, maybe it's. You know, five, six catches for 65 yards. But if you put that in the end zone, that's going to be worth your time and your effort. That's what I'm looking for with Dalton Schultz. That's what you're looking for with Josh Downs. That makes a lot of sense. Luna Zul Tequila, fantasy football shot of the week. What do you got, Mike? Well, if Jonathan Taylor comes back strong, hopefully he does because he's on my team. I you just, I just <laughs> uh, don't, and, and you I, don't know where he's going to be as far as, but it, it's going to, it, it's have, going to be more. There's going to be more than there were last week. I think what, 10 plays overall last yeah. week. I think so. the shot that we, the Colts have is up the middle because uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't like to go side to side so yeah. much. We, you know, just yeah. break that pocket down right up the middle. We may have a chance. Well, you, Mike, you bring up a good point because that's what the, the Colts got after oftentimes Trevor Lawrence in week number one, it was the times when they didn't. And we saw that in the fourth quarter when things fell apart. And we saw that early. Remember that early score to Calvin Ridley when that touchdown pass was made because Lawrence had all this time to run back and forth across the field and wait for Ridley to get open. That wasn't so much on a team. And again, the secondary of the Colts has been picked on. Big playability against their team is the worst in the NFL going right now in that Colts secondary but that was more on those that didn't put pressure on the quarterback than it was on that secondary. I just, that's a bad matchup for me. That concerns me. But if you can put pressure consistently on Lawrence, that changes Mike the game. It does. It does. I think we'll still lose, but I think uh, we'll cover. It'll probably come down to a field goal. 
Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. How did we do last week, by the way? I don't think I asked. You did, uh, I think you were nine and... Nine? Nine and five. Nine and five last nine week? five. I thought I sucked. That no, was awesome. You had a good week, Matt. That's in the positive. Th- sitting at 39.35, so you're... Uh, look at me over 500 right you, there, Mike. Right? Yeah. I need all your leaf. tuna salad for that number right there. <laughs> well, then don't follow my mix. <laughs> 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 you know, all Mike's tuna salad. So, yeah, you know what would go well with Mike's tuna salad? Ooh. Wynn Schuler's Spreadable Jesus inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Hey, Mike, what do you got going on this weekend before we hit this break? We've got lots of stuff tonight. We have a big show going on with – oh, shit, that's uh, up. Yes, what do you got? got? uh, Some Ultra Thursdays tonight, every Thursday. And then uh, tomorrow night we have Matty O'Neill in town. Another EDM uh, artist, and then uh, local EDM, band. which means electro- electronic dance music. Yes. So yeah, it's a you know, un- whip, 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 kind of like yeah, kind of like marshmallow, band. chain smokers, stuff uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, and then dubstep and yeah, kind of Maddie O'Neill, a little EDM action. Yeah, and then on Saturday we've got a local band, Teresa Reynolds and the Slick Tones. They're uh, in nice. Band, and they're up and coming. They're, they're Wonderful R&B kind of a yes. uh, Yeah, very, very cool. Stuff. Well done. Hey, awesome, Mike. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool Tequila Shots, and from what I've heard, incredible chicken salad and tuna salad, which is right up my alley. Try right that here. out. I can't. Well, I'm going to try everything that out. on that menu. Because well, I'm going to put tuna salad on a salad right here, but I'm just going to spread a lot of cheese all over it. And just, oh yeah. Maybe you just look for your favorite Grateful Dead song, and then that's how you're going to pick it. Get right there. All right. All right, Brent, hang around for a little bit too, Mike. Thank you very much, Mike Chapel. Top of the hour. We'll come back with you at two three nine ten seventy for the first time on the other side today. We got the Pacers in the preseason as well. We'll hit, but the injury report. Those that were back at practice and more on the Colts and the Jaguars coming up. We're live on North Keystone. Mouse trap on a Larcy Bourbon Locks Luna. Azul Tequila Shots Thursday, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy. My rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. My good time boy. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Mousetrap. This is North Keystone, everybody. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. My friends inside the Lounge, always enjoying, as you are, Central Indiana. Win Schuler's Spreadable Cheeses. This is original cheddar. Windshielder spreadable cheeses for your party, your tailgate, your gathering, whatever it might be. Just bring it. It can be on a pretzel rod. It could be on a cracker. It could be on a chip. It does not matter. It can be on what else we got here? What else we dipping? Maybe a, a cut piece of bagel, some kind of bread dip, uh, pita. Oh, yeah. Pita triangles. Landon's over there getting all excited out of that right now. Me too. Winshulers.com for recipes, availability, and more. And again, you can get it at just like right across the street from where I'm sitting right now, that Meyer location here on North Keystone, to just a little bit further up the street, up Keystone at the Kroger location. Kroger and Meyer, Winshulers.com today. No sample? For the sake of Indiana State back then? See you, buddy. I appreciate it, man. I was just uh, talking about the old school Indiana State days a moment ago. I do. Thoroughly miss them. All right, a couple of responses 
online at JMV 1070 right now. You know, I completely teach y'all forgot about this. At the Mirao National Center tonight, it is one of the more entertaining bands, kind of a, a softest approach. You know, remember when all these bands, you had grunge come out, you had the, the Seattle sound with, you know, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, all that happened, and it just seemed like a, a, an absolute landslide of alternative music. And one alternative band that did not sound like that was Toad the Wet Sprocket. Toad the Wet Sprocket is playing at the Mirage coming up later on tonight. That is going to be a good show. That is still a very talented 90s group today. But I had forgotten, T-Shaw, about that. Two things I'd forgotten. Toad the Wet Sprocket playing at the Mirage tonight. And they still have, I'm sure, tickets available, so you can check that out. And then last night, another sound that certainly comes from the 1990s that was prevalent was down at the Brown County Music Center. That was Collective Soul. Collective Soul last night in Nashville, Indiana, at the Brown County Music Center. And tonight, you got Toad the Wet Sprocket at the Mirage. Jay Query actually texted me last night. I saw it. I thought I was supposed to be a part of this. I'm not quite sure yet. I know that I'm a part of Yacht Rock Review coming up in February at the Brown County Music Center, but I thought I was going to be a part of this. I think the show's coming up in January. I'd have to check. But it's a flock of seagulls coming to the Mirage Egyptian Room. And Jake had asked me last night if I wanted to go to that. That's on a Friday night, I believe, too. That's absolutely outstanding. A little history. And I believe... That And I don't know this for certain. I'd have to look at the set list. But from the 1980s, obviously, you would get Iran and Space Age Love Song and Wishing I Had a Photograph of You. But I believe Mike Score, who's a part of A Flock of Seagulls and still with them, I believe he was also a part, if memory serves, of the band M, who had the one-hit wonder pop music in 79 and 80. And he was also a part of the band... Um, and I can't think of it right now. And why is, uh, the, the song was called Politics of Dancing um, from 1984. I think he was a part of that as well. But that would be a good show. That's coming up, and you can get those tickets, I'm sure, right now. At the Mirage. I thought I was going to be a part of that. Hopefully I am because that's one on a Friday night that I can definitely attend and, and sounds like a hell of a time right now. But we'll see. It's a flock of seagulls with tickets available. And tonight at the Mirage would be Toad the Wet Sprocket. Hey, can you look this up, too? I know John Mayer's coming to Cambridge Fieldhouse. When is that? James, look that up for me in just a second. I'm going to go back to uh, my Twitter feed right now at JMV 1070 quickly. Um, and this came from Eddie in Silverdale, Washington, talking about Shane Steichen. The team playing above their collective talent, I believe. Finally, our coaching is an asset. I do believe that Shane Steichen has certainly been very good to this point. Make no mistake about that. And I, I still think once he learns some more things and really gets used to it, he is just one of those coaching dudes that thinks about nothing else. Remember we kind of made light of the fact, I remember the first conversation I had with him on this show, and I didn't know how he was going to be as an interview, and it just so happened that Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, had him on in a recorded interview just before I did, and 
I thought, you know what, I'm going to listen to see how he responds, you know, how lengthy he is, you know, how detailed and what he goes into and in his, his explanations to your questions. And it was like five word answers every time, every single time. And we kind of joked about that as, you know, this guy is all ball. He's all about football, but he absolutely is. You can see him now becoming more comfortable with the media, but at the same time, he hasn't been, you know, that much more in depth. I think that's what he's going to be for the entirety of his career. But you can tell he is a guy that's got one thing and one thing only on his mind, and that is his football team and that particular game when he's around that. And probably when he's not around that, it's a similar thing. But I would agree with you. I, I think the coaching, the, the coaching in the past certainly has been a detriment. The coaching has been much better this season Eddie and Silverdale, Washington. And again, that's not suggesting that it can't get better and it shouldn't get better. But it has been better this year, without question. All right, James, when's John Mayer going to be here? John Mayer will be here Tuesday, October 17th. Thought so. Thought that was coming up. So that's next week. John Mayer is at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I think we gave away tickets to that, if memory serves, right there. Yeah, sorry about that, Sean Brown. The politics of dancing is the reflex. For some reason, my little brain didn't come up with that right away. But I believe there could be maybe some crossover for that Flock of Seagulls show. All right, quick break, and we're going to come back. Top of the hour, Mike Chappell's going to join us from CBS 4 and Fox 59. We're going to be talking about all of the injury situations. Some guys back at practice today, maybe on a limited basis, but back nonetheless. Brayton Smith, the right tackle, and Mo Alley-Cox, the tight end, on a limited basis, and they were back. And another full participation day, although still – not cleared through concussion protocol from what I understand right now is Bernard Ryman and Quiddy Pay, left tackle and defensive lineman. We'll talk about that. And overall with Mike, the, the not-so-subtle changes we're going to see in this offense. But with you on the other side, here's what I want to ask. Do you believe this to be a detriment to the Colts and the belief and Anthony Richardson, if Gardner Minshew is capable of leading this team to what many people believe to be not a winning season, but consistently winning, winning games, you know, keeping them near the top competitively of the AFC South and really within their schedule alone while Anthony Richardson is out. I answered that a little bit early. I do not think... It's a detriment whatsoever. I think you win, you need to win whenever you can win. But much like it was said regarding Jonathan Taylor after last Sunday's game when Zach Moss goes for 165 and two touchdowns, people kind of put their hands up and said, hey, you didn't need to do that with Jonathan Taylor. Yes, you did. And you also need to win games. And you also need to understand that upon his health and return, Anthony Richardson is going to be the guy. Talk about that with you at 239-1070 coming up on the other side. Win Schuler Spreadable Cheeses, the Lounge via YouTube Live. Go in there. Have yourself a chat if you want to. You can participate, listen, and watch. Watch us here at the Mousetrap. We're on North Keystone, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots. It's a Thursday. Back with you and Mike Chappell, top of the hour, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Mousetrap North Keystone. Larceny Bourbon Locks. Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Week six of the NFL. We just went over hours, including the Colts and the Jaguars. Talk about uh, the injury situations and more with Mike Chappell coming up here at the top of the hour. Uh, college football this weekend, you know, Notre Dame, USC is a big one. A little bit of luster from a fighting Irish standpoint, taking that L in Louisville this past Saturday night. Got that going on. You got Ohio State. You got Purdue as a matchup. Uh, coming up, what is that, on Peacock at noon, I believe, on Saturday. A noon start on Fox. IU coming off a of bye week on the road at number two, Michigan. I, I didn't have time to get into this, but I, I will at some point because it seems like we always do. Uh, this is from Lou Huffman who sent me an incredibly lengthy, well-thought-out email as a frustrated IU football, or I should say IU football fan and IU alum who's tired of hearing it's always been that way. Or it's IU a basketball school. I've never really referenced IU as a basketball school. I don't know if I've ever said that. Yeah, certainly I love basketball, and I know how much they love basketball in and around IU and IU fans do. It just kind of seems like with IU football, more times than not, this is the type of stuff that you have to deal with. There are fleeting moments like the COVID season with Tom Allen where everybody fell in love and everybody was Leo'd up and, you know, players wanted to play and he was recruiting and getting guys in here and it never materialized. And it seems like now that everybody's wanting to go ahead and punch Tom Allen out of there, um, which uh, certainly will happen unless some magic happens next year. Once again, that buyout decreases in its monetary value I just, at this point with IU football, I really don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I guess what it comes down to is you just, you got to make the right and an inspiring hire and one that is long lasting. And I don't have any answers for you right now. You know, maybe the answers, maybe Scott Dolson doesn't have the answers. I mean, clearly where they are right now, Fred Glass didn't have the answers. I just don't know how many in the past have ever really had the answers to that. So if you, if you get tired of hearing about it's always been that way, believe me, you know, I've, I've been paying attention to IU football since the early to mid 1980s. And, you know, other than, you know, some years with, with Bill Mallory that you got where you got everybody excited and certainly in the late eighties, that's exactly what you had. And I still have great memories of the late coach and those teams and, a lot of those guys that played on those teams I love talking about, but those moments, much like that COVID season that they had a couple of years back in 20, those moments have been fleeting. So if I had other answers for you, I would. I mean, just strike gold and hire somebody that's going to hang around and that could get it going is one thing, but it seems like they've been trying with a lot of these, a lot of these thoughts a lot of the wisdom of others, so-called wisdom of, of others in, in the past. And, you know, maybe it's worked for a minute, maybe it hasn't. But most of the time, long-term, it just has not. And that's where they find themselves. And that matchup with Michigan coming up on Saturday. And 
sure we'll be watching for a little bit, but at the same time, you just kind of know what you're going to end up getting, especially this particular year so far. Rod Carey, by the way, uh, will take over for the first time as the offensive coordinator coming up on Saturday. But I wanted to respond a little bit, not in length with Lou's email because it was a long one, but just a little bit to the answer that he had about my conversation with Tony Katz on WIBC a couple of days ago. Mousetrap, North Keystone, this show, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Lou knows what the key of the shots. We'll come back. We've got the free samples flowing too i'd love to see you up here and mike chapel on the other side the injury concerns going into jacksonville and the revenge matchup coming up in jacksonville on sunday mike chapel joins us next whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you the Ride with JMV. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Mousetrap. North Keystone on the Larceny Bourbon Locks. Luna Azul Tequila Shots Thursday. My man Jay's over there. Jay wanted to apologize to Chris Hagen. For calling out Chris Hagan. Jay mentioned that Chris Hagan didn't go hard after Chris Ballard in the past. That's what you're going to apologize for? It's all right. You, you have to come up a little bit later on and tell me, Jay. Okay? Come up after Mike Chapel and you can tell me what you wanted to apologize. Good to see you. I want to make sure we get that right. All right. To North Keystone, looking for you here tomorrow. Walk ons, Bud Light Blue Friday. We've got Browns Colts tickets to give away. Walk ons is a great place down on South Meridian, and one of the owners, NFL Hall of Famer, and a guy that handles the appeals in the NFL, um, with that in mind, Derek Brooks joined us a little bit earlier, the Hall of Famer, the former linebacker. If you missed that, the podcast, 1075thefan.com. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now from CBS4 and Fox 59, he is Mike Chappell. So this was brought to my attention, and it's similar to what was brought to my attention Sunday night after Zach Moss goes for 165 and a couple of touchdowns in that win over Tennessee. Um, I still say that everything's going to be okay, and once he's healthy, you go back to the rookie. But Nick and others have brought this up. I don't know about a detriment here if you're winning, but if Gardner Minshew goes you know, 5-0 oh or 4-1 and one over this span – how can you pull him and go back to the rookie once Anthony Richardson is healthy? How do you view that? Yeah, we were talking about this on our Fox 59 podcast today. I, I, I my, my gut says you go back to the rookie no matter what. This, let's go back to everything we've said leading up to the season. It's reps, 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 a kidney reps. And that's how the season started. And, Yes, there, there there has to be some kind of internal discussion. If in four weeks all of a sudden they're really, really doing something and it's because of Minshew, first I don't think that's going to happen. But but I mean it, it could. Uh, I was on a podcast with the Jacksonville Jaguars today there dot com and before I was on the air the guy was leading and well he said you know I think this is 
probably the best situation for the Colts that they got Minshew in their quarterback and gives them the best chance to win. And when I got on there, I said, first of all, I said, I don't agree with you. This team is better. It's better with Richardson. It just is. The ceiling's higher and all that stuff. But I, but I understand the argument if if they they win three of the next four or four of the next five, and then, my goodness, you've got something going on here. I understand that. But, gosh, I, I again, I go back. I don't think that's going to happen. But this season, it, it's interesting because this season has got to be about getting the kid, the rookie, ready to play extended. I mean, next year, the year after, I ain't on and on. But I tell you, if you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're, you know, I don't know, whatever, eight and three, whatever, I don't know, and the time comes, it's got to be a debate. But I I would need to really, really be talked into or convinced that this team is better with Minshew because I just don't – the ceiling is, is, is what it is with Gardner Minshew. And, and you know – one of the things that's uncomfortable is every time we have this discussion, it's like we're piling on Minshew, and I don't mean to. I'm, I don't. I mean, he's the reason they've won three games. He just is, the way he's played. Uh, but but Richardson gives him more. He, he, get, he, he opens up windows for him and all that stuff. But I tell you, that's what talk radio is all about, and you're going to have a fun time with it. And, of course, it starts with, with winning for the first time in Jacksonville since Reggie Wayne yeah. was playing, which has been, you know, that, that tells you how long it's been. But it's, it's, it's interesting. And we were talking in the press room today that Minshew was the, their biggest offseason pickup. He just was. I, I don't know if we thought at the time that it was going to be this level. But, but he you know, he, he completed Houston. He completed Tennessee and – and I'm not going over and say that he was the catalyst to winning in Baltimore. I'm not. I'm not going there. You know, it, it took a couple of great plays by Pittman and, and oh, by the way, four 50-yard field goals. But it, it, for anyone to, to discount Minshew's contributions at this point are, are wrong. He's, he's played at a high level and done things they need him to do. You know, it, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because it was brought to my attention again with what you're talking about regarding Matt Gay. Well, it was just good fortune, you know, 450 yarders, you know, for, for that win. That was just good fortune. And see, that's where I argue this. That's why his ass was brought in here, to that's be able to make bitching. something out of nothing right there. That's why he was brought in. So, I mean, his expectation was to bury a 50-yarder if need be. That's why he was the highest-paid place kicker. So I don't look at that as good fortune. I look at that as him no. doing his job. That's why we, a couple of us in the press room, a lot of us, were, you know, people were complaining, you know, $5 million for a kicker a year. Are you crazy? Well, first of yeah. all, in, in the building of a roster, that's not all that much. I mean, it just isn't. But if you can get there and improve the position that much to that level, then, then it's worth it. And he's already, you know, you could argue he's already – you know, help, you know, reimburse what he's been given. And and he kicked three important field goals against the Titans. And moving forward, I think I think scoring is going to be a little bit difficult with, with the way this is. So every time he's out there now, points are important. They just are. I remember back when with McAfee, who was always such a great interview in the locker room, 
but he, he, he would talk about Vinatieri. He said, man, he's the only guy that every time he goes out there, there are points on the field. There, there are points to be had. So yeah, I yeah, he's that's why they that's why they paid not overpaid for a kicker. No, I completely and, and, and that that helped. But people always wanted to put that in the category of well, yeah. you know, that's just a reason why Gardner Minshew was lucky. I, I do want to ask you this. Mike Chapel joins us. What what are the uh, the pluses and the minuses? I think we know the obvious minuses without Richardson with Minshew in there, but. But what are the pluses and the minuses besides, you know, taking away some of that playbook with the RPOs and the runs and all that? What, what are some of those pluses that you see with Minshew being in here? Because honestly, I don't, I don't think the winning and losing with this schedule in mind is that far off with either one under center. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, the plus and minus, the pluses are that that you know you know what you're getting, which on the downside, so does the defense. But, but I, I just I was looking here. His career, he's got uh, where is it here? Forty six touchdowns and fifteen interceptions. Three to one. You'd take that every day, you know, and 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 feel good about it. So, and you watch some of those plays Sunday with the third and six and third and seven and third and whatever, and his ball placement to those receivers was exquisite on the run, where they can get it and run. And he's completing like 68%. Uh, and he pushed the ball down the field a couple of times. But you're not you're not going to get that continually, you don't think. And you're certainly not going to get the, the run threat. But then with Taylor coming back, maybe that compensates for that. But, you know, I, I just think generally he's going to make the right decision. You know, they call him an uh, a, a elite processor of what's going on. Now the only the only thing I'd say about that is, the, the, for a guy that understands what he's seeing in the field, he got smoked three times by Kyle Hamilton, you know, in the first yeah, half. He did on the on the same play. You know, get me once one time, fine. But then it, then it's on me. That that was concerning. But I just think you know what you're going to get. He, he he's he's sort of, you know, I keep falling back to Rick Venturi's description. He, he's a singles hitter. Well, there's a place for that. It's just that that's not really what the NFL is. And I think with Minshew, I, I, there's going to be more of those 10 and 11 play drives, which means your margin of, of, of error is a little thinner. You know, you get a, you get a hold or a, or a sack, and then you're behind the chains and all that. But, but I think if they can stay on point and, and, and not get in bad situations down a distance, I think they've got a good chance. And they're, and they're going to run the heck out of the ball. They, they just are. That's what they want to do anyway, even with Richardson. But, you know, I just think we're going to see more of Taylor this week. I don't know, tw- 20 plays. I don't know what, what the number is. And you can't take Zach Moss out of the lineup because he's only the league's you know, third leading rusher with m- m- missing a game. So it, it's downside, I guess, is that I, I think generally you're not going to get the shock plays down the field. Although, again, I thought they did some of that this past game. And keep in mind, the offensive line, knock on wood, is playing very well. It just is. And this is with Bernard Ryman missing the last two games. Maybe they get him back this week. So I think I saw something where Ryan Kelly's a top-ranked center if you buy into those PFF uh, analyses. So everything everything is built 
for Minshew to succeed without, you know, what Richardson brings to the offense. It, it's a run game and make the plays when you have to and, and let the defense play well and, and let Zaire Franklin, you know, have 18 tackles or whatever the heck he's piling up. So it, it's just, it's just going to be a different dynamic. And, and, and again, one thing that I can't get out of my head is that, that he came off the bench twice and played excellent against uh, Houston and Tennessee. I mean, just the numbers are off the charts good. And then Baltimore had a chance to prepare for him, and it was rougher. Although Buffalo's got a, or I mean Baltimore, and the, the Ravens have got a pretty good defense, but they had a, a week to prepare for him, and and it took four 50-yard field goals to win a game. But I, I just, again, I think he's done everything and more that they anticipated. And I tell you, I didn't get a great feeling from Shane Steichen on Wednesday about when Richardson comes back. I, he was asked three or four times. I asked him once, and Stephen Holder did. And, and as well, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll let the docs evaluate it. You know, I, I guess I'm a, if I'm a fan, I would like to have heard, well, yeah, we're, we're optimistic that he's going to come back. We don't know but we hope to get him back. And we didn't hear that. So we'll, it, it's, I think, I think we have to brace ourselves for at least, at least six weeks, you know, the four on IR and then the new England game in Germany. And yeah. then you get the bye week that gives you, that gives you six weeks, which is a plus. But I, I just think when, when he's ready to play, if it's this year, he, he plays. It, um, if if they would have done a surgery, or that would have already been done in your estimation, or yeah, is that so. still you on mean, the table? Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, I think so. And and by by waiting now to see how the shoulder reacts, if in three weeks, four weeks he needs surgery, well, then you know, then he's done. I, I, I'm not a doctor, but I assume you know, if you wait that long for surgery, but yeah, you always want to put off surgery if you can, and. The risk being in this case that if you put it off and he needs it, then then he's out for the season. So uh, you hope you hope he's back soon, you know, relative terms soon, six or seven weeks. Because boy, you, you just I understand C.J. Stroud's having a great season, but Richardson's done. He, he's shown you everything you had hoped to see as far as he, I think he's been a better passer than I anticipated early on. Uh, the boy, the the running that he has to this offense and all that stuff, and he's he's so. I I told Chris Ballard once that he reminds me so much of Edron James in his approach and his maturity, and and Chris agreed with me, and because and, Edron was always uh, uh, you know more mature behind beyond his his age and all that, and that's what this kid is, and you just hope the best for him and get healthy and get back out there. He's on Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'm going to ask you this because I presented this from what I have seen, and maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's my eyeballs deceiving me. Maybe it's just BS. But I swear to you, Mike, when I see Gardner Minshew out there, and I'm not suggesting he should play over Anthony Richardson at all, but when he is out there throwing passes, it seems like the guys he's throwing to, they create a little bit more space than they do with Richardson out there. Is this anything at all that you've seen, or am I just making crap up? No, but I think it, it, it's pro- I think it's more of the way Minshew throws, and he leads guys in, in, into routes more than Richardson does. 
But no, I mean, I, I, it's, it's like I said earlier, some of that ball placement's incredible. Uh, now Richardson had one to Downs, but I think that I think Downs also had one from Minshew. And I, to me, I think that's more. I just think that's more of Minshew's timing and, and, and all of that. But no, you're right. I mean, again, he's 68 percent completions, uh, and that's with with uh, uh, the, the the off game against Baltimore and throwing the ball. So yeah, I, I don't know that it's the receivers are getting open better for him. It's I think it's just better that, that Minshew is better at, at getting the ball to them on the run to where they can do things. And again, that's another one of his strengths. I'm really curious. It's funny. We we certainly ask him uh, on Wednesday about going back to Jacksonville, and you know that's the team that drafted him, and then they got rid of him when they got Trevor Lawrence, and he really, really downplayed it. You know, yeah, anytime you can play, it's a great day and all that. Well, and then we talked to Zaire Franklin, who I tell you, I just spend 15 minutes every Wednesday at his locker because he's just that yeah. good. He really is. But he said, yeah, he said, I, I know what kind of competitor he, he is, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he plays Sunday. So, uh, you know, and, and again, so, so am I. So am I. Uh, the team that the, the Jaguars are going to face this week are, is so different than the one they saw in the open. Now, I think Jacksonville's better, but coming off two pretty big wins. But, you know, that first game, Richardson – was still they were still sort of had the training wheels on that first game and oh by the way, Zach Moss wasn't playing, Jonathan Taylor wasn't playing. It was Deion Jackson and they, and they could and they got nothing going in the run game, and now you've got two rookie corners out there that weren't playing at the time with Juju Brents and Jalen Jones. I think was playing special teams, so it's really really different. I just I just hope. That, I think what's good is because we've, we've asked players about the, the streak in Jacksonville, eight, eight straight road losses, seven of them in Jacksonville. And and most of these players, you know, like like Josh Downs can say, that wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. So, and, and Minshew did because he beat him twice. But, uh, so, but no, I, I'm, I'm curious how this team plays on the road. They've already won, but they won their, their, the first two on the road, which – that's the mark of a good team to win on the road. I don't care where you win in the NFL on the road. It, it, it's a good thing. So I'm really curious because, boy, if they find a way to win Sunday, and then I'll, you know, then you'll have that topic about, well, you know, do you keep the guy or whatever? But I'm, th- this team's fun to watch so far because they don't, they're not doing too many things to beat themselves. And, you know, the old Tony Dungy where most, most games are lost, and, and most of them are. You know, it, it takes a it takes a special talent to lose when you're ahead 33 to nothing. It really does. So I, I like where this team is, how they're reacting to the coach. Let's see how this team reacts over the next gosh four, five, six, seven games to Gardner Minshew. So Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox 59s on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline inside the Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge here. So Sean wrote this, Gardner with the Colts' focus on the running game will feel good about the Colts' D as it keeps improving. Now, I want to stop right there because that's what, to me, is most problematic about all this. It's the Colts' secondary, which has given up really consistently the big play so far this year and did against Calvin Ridley back in week number one 
when it was, you know, even more of a healthy situation. That probably concerns me more than anything else going into this game coming up on Sunday. How about you? Yeah, no question. It's strength versus perceived weakness. And, again, this, this, this secondary is going to be a work in progress. It just is. They got, you know, we knew it was young, and now the young guys are having to play. I think Juju's playing well. I think you can see that this, he's got a chance to be pretty good. He, he's aggressive. He's physical. He's, you see him in the locker room, and he's just not built like most corners that we've seen here. He's that long, lanky guy, muscular. But, yeah, it's, and that, that's what Jacksonville does. Yeah, ATN got, got loose with that one big run at the end, was it 26 yards, but they really kept him bottled up. They really did. But Lawrence can really can really get you, and if they don't get that pass rush more consistent, uh, it, it can be an issue. And you know, that one game with Minshew, they went nineteen. He was nineteen for twenty. It was like seven on seven. So yeah, and the Colts have given up. I think it's four one hundred yard receivers in five games. You know, Nakua and, and uh, uh, Ridley, yeah. Nico Collins, and all these guys. So. Yeah, that that I, I just think that's going to be an issue most of the time, and I think Jacksonville has got the the, the guys to really exploit that part of their game. If you don't, if you don't get in his face and, and let him know that it's going to be a long day throwing the football. Uh, Mike Chapel with us. Uh, we've seen Randy Gregory, for example, uh, get traded. Sam Fran, Frank Clark is a guy that uh, is either been released or about ready to to be released, and then you, you get a guy like Jerry Judy that's in Denver, and clearly they're making wholesale changes right now. Would that be a dude? They have K.J. Hamler, I think, on their practice squad right now, who was also, oddly enough, uh, once upon a time, a member of that Denver Broncos roster. Might the Colts have any interest in a guy like Jerry Judy if he is available, which it seems like basically everybody is available in Denver right now? I mean, don't you call? Don't, don't you at least say what, what, what would it take? And, I, you know, depending on how desperate the Broncos are, they're going to get roasted tonight. They're going to get smoked. I've quit betting, but <laughs> I, I, I don't care if Kelsey plays or not. I, I just don't see how this is a game. But yeah, I, I just think you, you have to call. That's, that's, that's what these guys do. You're always trying to find ways to get better. If you can find a, a receiver, uh, I, I just, I just, I, I, you and I are all receiver-oriented, but – Yes, they, they they lack they lack a receiver or two, they really do. Uh, so yeah, and and I wouldn't be opposed to giving up a mid to late round pick. I, I wouldn't go crazy at all. But fourth or fifth round pick, I, I don't know what it would take. I just haven't looked into it that much. But I, I wouldn't be opposed to giving up a a third day pick to get a guy that might make a difference. Uh, so yeah, and maybe that tells you how they view this season. If they make a move like that, it's because they think they've got something going here. Uh, and again, I, I I know Chris Ballard really really likes likes him picks, loves him picks, and and I tell you, he's done some really good job with the later picks, the mid rounds, and the later picks. But having said that, I, I I would always like the DeForest Buckner pick, giving him a first round pick for DeForest Buckner. I'd do it every day. I just would if I can get a guy that I, that I think can make me better. Uh, that that was a long term investment. This would be more of a this year, and then we'll see. But yeah, you, you got to call with with a lot of these guys. You just do. 
So Mike Chapel is with us. You mentioned the change of expectations, which, you know, maybe he's not going on right now. Maybe it is going on right now within the Colts. It certainly is with with fans out there right now. Have you have you changed your level of expectations? Looking at the schedule, looking at the division, where they are right now, and also factoring in the quarterback situation here moving forward. However, have your expectations changed at all? A little bit. I probably thought I I thought three and two was was certainly doable because I thought the first seven or eight games maybe gosh until the bye week. Now look at this. I mean, at Jacksonville, home of Cleveland, their, their offense is a mess with their quarterback. De- defense is is really good. The Saints defense is really good. Derek Carr is sort of you know that midline guy. Then you go to Carolina and they're they're a train wreck, and, and in New England. They're a train wreck. I don't care what continent you play them on. And then the bye week. And then you got Tampa at home. So, gosh, it's – and then at Tennessee. I, I, the, 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 we've talked about this. This schedule is not daunting. Now, you have to play well. So, I, I think my expectations have changed because I think the quarterback play has been better than I thought it was. It would be early. You know, I, I think they they, they – they, they they won in Baltimore that I didn't expect, but then I thought they'd beat the Rams. So things do tend to even out. But yeah, I, I I do think they're 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 further along because the quarterback was further along, and Minshew has played a little bit better than I thought he would. So yeah, my expectations have changed. I I think the, the over under was six and a half. I would probably if you could if you could bet right now, I'd probably take the over, and before I was probably taking the under. But I like the schedule. If you play, if you play well, I like this schedule. Well, that starts coming up on Sunday. Um, they get a little revenge down there. Or is this going to be Jacksonville because of? I mean, Jacksonville just offensively is going to be a little bit too good in that back end. What do you think? Yeah, I talked to Reggie today, and I thought if they, if they could if they could suit Reggie up and put him out there, uh, and, and let him just, just let him be on the field, because you know, again, the last time they won down there, he played. But, yeah, I don't think so. I think Jacksonville is still the best team in the division. And it's not so much the streak. It's just that it's just a, I, I don't know that, that they, they can this team can do enough offensively. I'm thinking like 24-16 type of thing. But, boy, you get that running game. If you get that running game going and you keep it close, uh, the running game can be the great equalizer as far as pounding people into submission. Same time, yeah. the quarterback's got to make plays. I, I think it's going to be a one-possession game, but I think the streak goes on another year. Hey, before I let you go really quickly here, too, I saw where on a limited basis both Braden Smith and um, Mo Ali cox were back today, and he had full participation regarding um, left tackle Bernard Ryman and Quiddy Pay on the defensive line. What's your expectation for each Sunday? I think Braden plays. I think he practiced one day last week, I think, with a hand. Uh, the two guys, Quiddy and, and uh, who was the Alberni Ryman, I think they got a good chance to play. We'll know tomorrow because they've got to, still got to do the uh, independent neurologist and the team neurologist. Mo Alley, I just – it's again, I think it was, it was Adam Schefter mentioned that through last week, no player had gotten a concussion on a Sunday and played the next Sunday. I think teams are really, really careful with these guys. I'd be surprised if Mo plays, but then you get Will Mallory back. So, but but to get the left tackle back would be a big thing. To get Quiddy Payback would be a big thing, no question. 
Mike Chappell right there via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Mike, as always, I appreciate you. Talk to you next week. CBS 4 and Fox 59, it's Mike Chappell. Brent Alverson rejoins. Our good friend Darnell, who uh, comes out to a lot of these things, does beat baseball, and he's got something interesting. I wanted to have him give that a little bit of love before we bail on this as well, since we're not too far away from Broad Ripple, where he hangs out as well. Tomorrow, walk-ons, Bud Light Blue Friday. We got that with Colts Browns tickets to give away, but we've got free samples flowing right now. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, week number six at the Mousetrap, North Keystone. It's a glorious day here in central Indiana to be a part of this show. Quick break. We'll come back. The Harris Hoosier Park race of the day as well coming up. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. There's a kid in my class that got a boner at PE in high school. He was wearing sweatpants. It was really embarrassing, so this song goes out to him. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I'm John, and I'm having a great time at the Mousetrap. We always do. And a shout-out uh, to Mike and the gang for having us here. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna's with Tequila Shots. Dev's the onside engineer, James, back in the studio. Jay's not apologizing for a damn thing right now. Landon is here. Tomorrow, South Meridian with our walk-ons, Bud Light Blue Friday. We got tickets, lots of tickets for the Browns and the Colts to give away, too. Been doing a lot here today. Brent Halverson rejoins us in a second. Our friend Darnell in the smidge, too. But Jimmy's at 239-1070. Jimmy, thank you very much for the call. How you doing, brother? Hey, John. How are you? Sorry, Jimmy, I don't see you here today, Jimmy. Where are you? I'm, I'm right now. I'm headed downtown uh, for a Pacers event tonight. So, sorry oh, I'm not there, yeah. but hopefully I'll be able to see you tomorrow. Walk-ons tomorrow. Jimmy, what do you got, buddy? Hey, man. Uh, real quick, John, I wanted to get your take on um, two things, and then I'll hang up and listen. Um, yep. First off, I think the Colts, I think they're going to show up and show out on Sunday. Uh, I'm really okay. excited about this game. Looking forward to it. I think, uh, as you know, my dad and I were at the game last Sunday, and it was great to see you, by the way, as always. And, yes, um, great to see you guys. I love the way the defense is flying around. And uh, you think they can keep that up uh, Sunday against Jacksonville? And then last thing, um, sorry to Chris Hagan, but I'm pulling for the Phillies over the Braves. And uh, <laughs> you guys have a great night. You're the talk to John. You got it, Jimmy. We'll see you tomorrow at Walk-Ons. Bud Light Blue Friday. Uh, Hagan's a big Braves fan. All those Southern Hillbillies kind of stick with the Braves with this. You know, I brought this up earlier because I brought up an article uh, people kind of went with about the uh, Braves being better. And I don't even know why this comparison was brought up, I guess, because it's one of the greatest of all time, arguably the greatest of all time. I know you got to go back to the, the 20s Yankees to be the greatest of all time. But, you know, people always bring up, you know, the back to back 75 and 76 Reds and especially that 76 team that just absolutely waltzed right through everybody. I mean, just like a knife through butter. And people brought that up in August about the Braves being better than the Reds. And to this point, obviously, the Braves hanging on right now. It has not been close to that. And I brought this up back in August at the time. You just got to wait and see what happens on this. And you can't really look at it 
in terms of that level of success until you go through the postseason. And that has been the case. And all these front runners during the regular season, I mean, especially the ones that have had to sit back and, you know, wait five days to play, it has just, it has been tough for them to get back on board. And we've seen it with the Dodgers. We've seen it with the Rays. We've seen it with the Orioles. And think about the Braves. The Braves would be done right now had it not been that miraculous come-from-behind win. Michael Harris in the catch and doubling off Bryce Harper. But I am going to be watching that coming up later on tonight. That's the Phillies and the Braves with an opportunity for the Phillies to move on to the NLCS and the Braves just trying to survive. Brent Halverson rejoins in just a second. Our friend uh, Darnell Booker is with us right now. Normally, we're near Broad Ripple where he's staked out. Normally, he's with us. You're not today, but you do have an interesting announcement to make, don't you? Hey, John, let me just say this. Appreciate you having me on. Let me just yes. say this before I um, just appreciate you giving me the platform. But like I say, John, like I talk to you privately and do text messages, you are about the, the community. And um, you, like I said, you are the only, as far as sports radio personality in the afternoons, the only one in that chair. So, like I said, we don't have, I mean. Well, you, I think it's literally, too, by the way. Yes, literally and figuratively. Yes, you're, yes. Like said, you're important. <laughs> And it's good. Well, I'm not, I am not that. I am not important, no, but I am the only one in a chair having a sports show in the afternoon here. Yes. But you don't have anybody else to rival you, even though you had Jake and those guys and you guys are still friends, but there's only one platform now. And that's why I would say, you know, I appreciate you giving me the time to take this, to yeah. just talk about this. This is, I mean, because this is something huge for our organization. Um, yes. This is beat baseball. And we, uh, this is based on the 27, 16, 2017 season. Uh, Phil yep. crew from out of Bloomington, Indiana, uh, called me up uh, about seven years ago and they want to do something, um, with beat baseball, which is an adaptive sport of baseball. If everybody don't know out there, it's for blind and visually impaired, uh, young adults and adults, I would say. Um, and, and so they want to do a, a documentary on our team. So, and it's filled with this more, not only it's a filled with, uh, uh, baseball stuff, which is, uh, ironically, the fall classic is about to happen, but it's also a human interest story because it talks about, um, our our lives on and off the field and on the field. And you knew some of these guys when we first started our championship role in 2016, you had a couple of us in the studio besides myself. You had Eric, you had Adam in, in your studio. So it talks about those guys' lives and beat baseball. And uh, so basically I just wanted to say we have a documentary out and it's called Thunder Rolls, the world of inside baseball, the world of blind baseball. Um, and it's, uh, and we, we we last Saturday was the premiere, and that sold out at Glendale. Well, we didn't even know. So let me just a backstory with this: we we submitted our our um, film to the Heartland Film Festival, um, July. Um, there was two thousand entries, and we were one of one twenty chosen. John, one twenty. There's only one hundred twenty films shown, and we were one of one twenty out of two thousand entries. That was uh, one twenty that was uh, selected. So I, I yeah. thought that was pretty amazing. Awesome. And well, then, congratulations. You know, so, yeah, I appreciate it, John. So this Saturday, um, there's a few tickets left. There's a, the first uh, the first uh, showing for, uh, on the 14th is in Noblesville at the theater in Noblesville. is sold out. But we have a second showing at 2.45 in the afternoon. There's a few tickets left. You can go to heartlandfilmfestival.org um, and yeah. click on you. Can, and also you can watch it virtually 
Also, if you watch it virtually, it's $12 a ticket, and we ask to vote because voting is involved. And, and at the end of the um, festival, they have awards and things like that. So we're hoping that this film will uh, have, will get an award for, for what, the, what the film crew in Bloomington has done to put this film together. It's about an hour and 40-minute documentary. Um, like I said, you have until Sunday to watch it virtually and, and also uh, the, the last show at 2.45 on Saturday to um, to view it in person. That is the second uh, screening. The first screening is sold out at 12.30, but there's a second screening at 2.45 in Nobleville. I don't know if you had any questions for me, John, but like I said, I know you know a little bit about our team, but this is pretty huge yep. making it to the big screen. Well, send me a, I'll tell you what, send me a tweet or something, and I'll make sure everybody gets it to – um, in volume as well with the information you just passed along. Hey, I just want to tell you that I know this has been a, a long-standing. Um, really, it's it, it's been you that have been pushing this forward, um, and I want to congratulate you on that. That's that's excellent, man. It really is. Congratulations on that. You know all that you've won, and then the documentary. Congratulations. It's just amazing, man. Because like I said, it was just trying to. The movie was yep. based on our second championship when we faced Taiwan, and it came down literally to the to the last play of game one because we had to beat these guys twice. And it's very yep. – you, you just don't – you can't script it. And then, like, we went on after this documentary, after the 17th season, we went on to win three more world championships. So we had won, like, five – No, I'm proud world. of you, man. And, and, and you know, I'm, and I know, you're not, I know you have, the, you know, Eric Moore winning the three championships for high school state football – which is amazing, but any, it's hard to do, man. It's hard to do in any sport, yep. whether you do one, two, but let alone five in a row, it's pretty amazing. Then the last two have come from the Indy Edge because a lot of our guys went over to play with their friends with the Edge, and the Edge has won the last two world championships. So the last seven championships have come from the, of Indianapolis, the last seven. Well, hey, congratulations so, on that, D. I always love John, seeing you out here, but – yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me uh, to then giving me the time and the platform to talk about this again. The movie is called Thunder Rolls, the world of blind baseball. And there's a few uh, tickets left, I think, for the second screen in Noblesville, or they can watch it virtually online through the Heartland Film Festival through Sunday, the 15th. And I uh, appreciate the time, John. And uh, yep, you got it, buddy. Touch soon. Thanks, John. Congratulations, Darnell. We're proud of you on that. That's a really Really cool honor right there with that documentary. That's Darnell Booker, our friend with the Indy Thunder. He's been on before, always comes out in Broad Ripple, and I just wanted to get him on with that honor with that documentary with the Heartland Film Festival. That is awesome. Brent Halverson rejoins us. Ryan Beck is here as well. Got a couple of minutes before I need a break and get to the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day, but Ryan's been with us before. Ryan's back again. He's back again. Ryan, talk to us about uh, the hockey program. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it always and uh, all the – extra stuff that you guys do for the youth hockey program here in Indianapolis. We are the Junior Fuel. We've got a couple exciting events coming up on uh, Friday, October 20th. It'll be the opening day for the Indy Fuel. And I'm going to bring some of the Nitros. That's the youngest players in the league out. And during the first intermission, we're going to play a little scrimmage game for about four minutes. Fastest four minutes in hockey. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> by the time we get them all geared up and get 40 players on the ice and off the ice in 40, and 40 uh, or four minutes, it's uh, an amazing spectacle but the parents and the coaches do an amazing job and we're very happy to have uh heaven hill and and you guys sponsor us and help us out with uh promoting hockey and getting more players involved it's 
not a cheap sport to get involved in. So anytime we can get sponsors, we really appreciate it. Any awesome, man. Absolutely. Yeah. We great, always great enjoy having it, you on, too. Absolutely. And the NHL hockey season, by the way, just opened up this past week. What so. about Connor Bedard? What that? Yeah, the Blackhawks kid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows, but I think it was his great uncle that used to play for the Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, in 1949, 1950, I think he played like 20 games or something for the Blackhawks. And then uh, his uh, great nephew ends up getting drafted number one by the Blackhawks. And yeah, I watched the Golden Knights yeah. open up and hang the banner. That was some incredible stuff right there We've with some what they put together at, at the T-Mobile arena yeah. there with it. That was amazing. And last so. year, just yep. uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs, it was pretty exciting to have all the Southern teams where yeah, most, sure. uh, you don't expect Tampa Bay and Vegas and, and some of those teams that are uh, not northern, northern states. Right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, sit tight here with us, Ryan. We'll come back, take a break. Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day, and we'll close it with you guys here at the Mousetrap. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool, Tequila Shots, a Thursday on North Keystone with Ryan and Brent and me, JMV. We'll return. We'll see who wins that Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. That's coming up next. The Ride with JMV. Nachos, lemon heads, my dad's both. You won't go down because my- 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, James, why in the world am I not giving away Toto tickets for the Brown County Music Center? Do we know that? I have no idea. <laughs> hey, no disrespect to Kevin and Andy either, but what the hell? Just wondering. Shout out to Christian, by the way, who's awesome down at the Brown County Music Center. But I thought I was actually doing that. I thought I was going to to bring Toto that's, to that's us. right up your alley. Right man. up my alley. James, ask about that back there because that doesn't make much sense. At the very least, I would love for the fact that they do it. But, my God, i got to be doing that too, right? Hey, David Bailey, uh, David Bailey is the Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day winner. The winning horse was K-Man Jack. That paid five twenty on a $2 bet. $2 exacta was eleven eighty. The 50 cent trifecta was uh, five sixty five. That is your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. 50 50 betting and dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson, where racing will be ongoing until the first couple of weeks of December. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson will close out the week with another race coming up tomorrow. Uh, we're at the Mousetrap. North Keystone, but I uh, checked that Bud Light Blue Fridays tomorrow. Today, it's Larcy Bourbon Locks and Luna's Oil Tequila Shots. Brent Halverson is back. We got Ryan Beck with us one more time, too. You had a great idea, Ryan, about giving something away. We may need a little bit more time to get people maybe on board with it as far as knowing about it that would want to do it here. I appreciate that. Well, what I- would you want to do? What do you want to do for next time when you're on? We're trying to get the average player of any sport to come play hockey. It's a different sport, so you have yep. to learn how to skate. It's not, yes. it's not like playing basketball or running with baseball, mm-hmm. and you know everybody knows how to walk and run, but uh, skating is a different sport. So we're trying to introduce it to a bunch of different people, uh, diversify our uh, athletes, and so we have an com- uh, organization called Learn to Play Hockey. It's uh, sponsored by uh, a bunch of different companies, but LIDS is really important to us, and they're promoting it to bring new players into the organization and at a discounted costs so that you can get involved, see if your kid enjoys it. The one thing about hockey is it's very uh, uh, capable to help with kids with ADHD. Uh, Watching a kid stand in uh, left field, and I love all sports. I played all sports, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, obviously. Watching somebody stand in left field sometimes can get a little bit problematic. 
uh, especially with a young boy, you know, seven, six years old. And then when you've got uh, kids that are looking to get more action, hockey's there. And it helps with that uh, ADHD and, and kids that are going through those types of things. And we're working to find different avenues to explore. We're doing blind hockey. I, I heard you guys talk about beat baseball. Uh, we, we had yep. Mark, Mark that plays beat baseball. Yep. Uh, Chris and a few others that have yeah. come out and played hockey. That's as what well. Darnell was talking about when he called in, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. And we're trying to just find new avenues with yep. uh, opportunities for kids to learn about a sport that they may not have thought was in their uh, realm, but it is. And it, hockey's for everyone, and that's what we're trying to promote. Very cool. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. It is. Well, thank you, man, Ryan. We'll yeah, do that next it. time you're on. Yeah. We'll do that again. We are the uh, Junior Fuel. Go to IYHA.com. That's the Indianapolis yes. Youth Hockey Association, IYHA.com. And, again, I appreciate you guys every awesome, time. Awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you Always so much. Always a pleasure to see you, brother. Hey. You know you. it. <laughs> All right, uh, Ryan, thank you. Where are we going to be next, next time week? We were, uh, we were at the Free Spirits. So then you can come back. We'll give that away next week at the Free. If you're, Perfect. If I'll you're be able there. to, yeah, for I'll sure. I'll be there. Get our uh, good friend Ryan Nally's. Is Nally back? He's uh -oh. back. Uh -oh. is, he, <laughs> is he 100% functionality right now? But I'm not going to give it 100% uh, clarification. <laughs> I don't know there. if I'd ever give it 100%. That's pretty yeah. strong. No, he, he's, strong. he's doing really him. well. He's doing really well. He was, uh, I had a pleasure of uh, last Sunday. Um, he came out and got to watch football. So he well, stuck I'm a around. Big for, Nally fan. Yeah, absolutely. So he'll be, he'll be back. Uh, free spirit next Thursday. We'll uh, we'll get it and run out week seven already. John, getting uh, um, close to halfway is through. The, is that going to be a tavern tour stop too, or we got one of those coming up too? We do have one of those coming up. That is at the end of the month, and uh, that one is going to be at. Have I said that already? Where that's going to be or not? Uh, have not. Have not. Um, that is going to be at Kipps Pub, and that's going to be on Thursday the 26th. That's a first-timer for me. I've not been there Kipps yet. Kipps Pub, yeah. yeah, under recent new ownership. So that'll be like fun, it. too. But next week is Free Spirit. We've got that, and then we'll uh, we'll rock and roll from there, my friend. Shout-out to Mike here. Mike. I'm going to get I'm gonna get all tuna all the time. Tuna salad, tuna salad sandwich, tuna salad salad. I'm going to do that on the way home. But thank you to Mike here and to Mousetrap. Thank you, Brent. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, man. Always so Brent Halverson right there, our betting analyst, friend of the show, Heaven Hill Distillery. Ryan, thank you too, brother. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate that, Dev. Great job out of you. James back at the studio has a long weekend. He will not be here tomorrow. Sam will. Landon, great job out of you. Walk-ons tomorrow. Bud Light Blue Friday's got Colts Browns tickets for you. South Meridian, I will see you tomorrow beginning at 3 on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Have a great night.